He was one of the happiest kids I've ever run across, and uh, he just loved life. My name is Pamela Goodman, and my 32-year-old stepson, Benjamin, was killed by the Johnson & Johnson vaccine on March 14, 2021. Within 12 hours, he was dead of a cardiac arrest, sudden death. We don't want any more people to die. Benjamin would not want anyone else to die. The autopsy is inconclusive. The medical examiner is changing their phone number, returning, refusing to answer our calls or give us a toxicology report. The mainstream media is not reporting these deaths, these serious adverse reactions. We can't bring Benjamin back. And this is not only just about Benjamin, this is about all of humanity. Benjamin would not ever want anybody to take an experimental vaccine that could cause death or permanent inju uh, injury. If he knew what he knew what now, we know now, what we know now in March, which no one is letting anyone know, no mainstream media outlets, nothing. You have to dig and dig and dig to find anything. And even then you're called crazy and nothing has nothing to do with anything. There's no correlation. Healthy people are just dropping dead of blood clots, everything. And everything is being hidden and Benjamin would never, ever want anyone to die or be injured. This is horrific, this is criminal, this is murder. And people need to wake up and speak out. Rest in peace, Benjamin Goodman, March 8th, 1989 to March 14th, 2021. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are in the world. I'm Sam. I am. Welcome to the Lifeboat live stream of Veritable Pirate's Cove of Misinformation and Wrong Think. Well, as we reported last week, there were several doctors in the GTA, the greater Toronto area, who got the vaccines and suddenly dropped dead. Three of them from one hospital, four of them within one week, really five days of one another. And well, the fact checkers have come and they have weighed in that, no, sorry, this is false. This did not happen, clearly. You guys were wrong. Three doctors from the same hospital die suddenly in the same week after the hospital mandated a fourth COVID-19 vaccine for employees. So they're going to fact check this one for us. Salwicki's wife said, quote, her husband diagnosed a uh, diagnosis of stage four gastric cancer. One of the most aggressive forms of stomach cancer came as a shock last August. Oh, gee, it looks like that doctor got cancer. When did they roll out the vaccines? Oh, early last year. So like got, and of course these are doctors who are, you know, critical infrastructure, they're frontline workers. So they got the shots first. 
And six months later, he's got an aggressive form of stomach cancer that kills him. McKinsey's office said, quote, he had been seriously ill leading up to his death and his office was permanently closed, according to uh, CTV News Toronto, quote, the nature of his illness was not disclosed, but rest assured, it is definitely having nothing to do with the vaccines that he took, Uh, you know, like a year and a half ago before he became, quote, seriously ill of some undisclosed illness, maybe cancer. Who knows? Wouldn't that be crazy? Two doctors in a row getting cancer months after they get the vaccine. It's aggressive and it kills them all in a year. Dr. Siegel's obituary said he died, quote, after a ridiculously unfair and hard-fought year-long battle with advanced lung cancer. Oh, now we have a third one that got the shots and then months later develops an aggressive, ridiculously unfair, hard-fought year-long battle. What do we know about these shots? They are down-regulating three and four, toll-like receptor three and four. What do those do? They go and check around and sniff for cancer, and when they find it, they alert the immune system to come in and kill those cells, keeping these cancers in check. But because that's being disabled by these vaccinations, people are experiencing these rare, fast-acting cancers that take their lives. But this clearly... I mean, the fact checkers have ordained, this clearly cannot be the case. It cannot have anything to do with these vaccines because, I mean, look here, even the hospital, the three doctors from the same hospital die suddenly in the same week after the hospital mandated a fourth COVID-19 vaccine for employees. Well, there's a problem with that little story, according to the fact checkers. The deaths were not sudden, (laughs) therefore couldn't have been the vaccines. Two of the doctors have been previously diagnosed with cancer after taking the vaccines, but we're not going to mention that little inconvenient truth. And the third had been seriously ill with an undisclosed ailment that developed after he first got vaccinated, but we're not going to mention that little uh, whatever. (laughs) The hospital where the doctors worked said the deaths were not linked to COVID vaccines. Oh, well, folks, there you have it then. The hospital that mandated these shots, that if they killed these doctors, would be liable. They claim that it was definitely, definitely not related to the vaccines that they forced on these doctors that killed them. We rate this claim as false. Like, how stupid do they think you are? Meanwhile, back over here, we've got Doctors in real life, this is a real doctor here saying vaccines for kids and a new Adele album in one day. Today is a truly a day to celebrate, says Dr. Candace Neumann. Well, except she's not really going to be celebrating anymore because, well, she was the fifth doctor in the greater Toronto area to drop dead while she was swimming in a triathlon. Who else was a triathlon participant? But what the world lost when in the sudden and tragic death of Dr. Candace Naiman was a woman who had dedicated her life to the health of children. See, she was a pediatrician. 
and she was very excited to start soft killing these kids in the name of helping them. The 27-year-old who was a resident doctor at the McMaster Children's Hospital in Hamilton collapsed while swimming as she competed in a triathlon on Sunday and subsequently died on Thursday. And in fact, in the province, we're up to six deaths in two weeks of doctors. Dr. Maluzman was the other one that died uh, before Dr. Neyman, Neyman, sorry. And here they all are. So you'll notice the one up there in the top right. She's the triathlete. This one right here, he's also a triathlete. Was out running, dropped dead. The oldest one is over there in the bottom left. He's, I think he was 49 or uh, I think he was, maybe he was 59, but not, not super old, right? And these other guys were in their 30s and 40s. But this is all normal, right? Let's, uh, I mean, we shouldn't even be really paying attention to this. Let's, let's look at politics. It's immense. If he succeeds in Ukraine, he's not going to stop there. He's going to challenge the freedom and democracy. Whoops. <laughs> this is fine. This is fine, folks. That was just uh, Kate McCain collapsing on stage. You can see by the glass top of the podium, the tempered glass, that's what you heard breaking. She pulled that down with her when she fainted, obviously. They ended the debate because, strangely, her co-host that was supposed to host this debate with her, he was out sick with COVID. But this is fine. Everything is fine. There's nothing to worry about here, folks. Certainly not. Uh, basketball star Derek Gray, 20 years old, who died suddenly while he was playing basketball. That's perfectly normal and nothing to worry about. You probably also shouldn't worry about this tweet from Darcy Forcio on Twitter. Just another, just had another adult friend. I have a mysterious blood clot. This makes five blood clot deaths among people I know this year all vaccinated until uh, this year. I had never had a friend die, let alone of clots. It's for your safety, of course. And what is happening to these people? Well, it's vax noodles or spike noodles. I'm finally naming it to a lot of these people. They have these white rubbery things growing in their veins, these vax noodles. And we're going to see what's going to happen to a lot of these folks that took these shots, as well as people who haven't, because it's really a game of exposure at this point. This is uh, Tanisha, uh, Tanisha J on Twitter saying, concerning antidotes, a close friend of mine who has been uh, a nurse for over 30 years, retiring soon, just told me she is blown away by the amount of women presenting this year in in particular this summer with unexplained, extremely painful anal and vaginal lesions. She goes on, this same nurse is similarly concerned, blown away by the remarkably high number of new HIV diagnoses, HIV complications, and men over the age of 35 presenting with sexually transmitted diseases and infections, STD, STIs, 
uh, and co-infections, typically four or five infections diagnosed at once. Dr. Baffled, they have no idea what's going on, but listeners to this show, we know exactly what's causing this, don't we? We know that toll-like receptor 7 and 8 is what's responsible for going around the body and sniffing out things like viruses. We know that the spike is getting into the nucleus and interfering with DNA repair and causing all sorts of problems there, that the immune system is being suppressed. We know from Gert Vandenbosch that when they have your body build all these spikes and create antibodies to respond to them, innate immunity kind of gets put on the side burner, right? And like is diminished a little bit. And so what they've done is set up this perfect environment where your body doesn't even know, can't even fight, is under attack basically and can't defend itself against these latent viruses that your body's just been keeping in check automatically when everything was working. See, there are a lot of people out in the world who have HIV. They have HPV. They have, um, I don't know, whatever, uh, all, all these different viruses, shingles and everything else. But their body's able to keep it in check until they get these shots and it suppresses their immune system, interferes with the signaling to alert the immune system to respond to threats. And as a direct result of this, I knew this is what we would see. This is why I think it's over a year ago now. I said, that's it. I'm out of the dating pool because we don't know what this spike's going to do. And, you know, we had Dr. Cole talking about 10 months ago, talking about uh, a reverse HIV and the toll-like receptors and so forth. So I knew that this was coming. And well, now here it is. So you should really think about whether or not you're going to have sex with somebody who is vaccinated because this is, you know, potentially the load that they're carrying around. Not to mention that there's going to be all kinds of STDs floating around in these more promiscuous communities because of someone who's had sex with somebody who was vaccinated, who had a higher viral load and infected that person. And we're going to, this is only the beginning. It's going to continue to explode from here. It gets worse over time as we're going to go through tonight. Yeah, guys, I apologize for the connection. I see it going down to zero. It's been working fine until the alien ET show. And ever since then, now it just fails to work. Despite having all three of my connections the same. I don't know what to tell you, but I will, uh, I, even on, um, rumble, I will re-upload the recording that I'm making here, which is super high quality. And I'll get that out as soon as I can, probably later tonight. Cause who needs to sleep? Right. Okay. Um, so there's, there's that. I mean, if you're, you, you really should think about this folks, you really should think about, and it should be a, Decision that you don't take lightly who you're going to sleep with. Top Chef alum Howard K. 
Kindberg dead at 46. Also, I can't remember if we covered this guy. He was a liquidity web founder and Holt graduate. Matthew Hill died at 41 unexpectedly. What's happening to these guys? Well, things along these lines. Look, this is from Farming Girl Rebel working overtime tonight at the 911 center. She's in a rural community, kind of central U.S., up north a little bit. Uh, three towns, 25,000 population that she serves and the surrounding rural areas, okay? And these are calls that she's getting in one night, in one shift, or I guess an overtime shift. 45-year-old male, stroke, transported, second stroke in four months, 52-year-old female, cardiac, chest pains, radiating arm pain, two-year-old male, fever, 102 degrees, and unresponsive, staring straight ahead. This is the second one she's seen in a month with the same symptoms. Can you imagine doing that to your child? 61-year-old male, collapsed. What's happening to these people? Okay. So. I- Says uh, the traveling embalmer or the independent embalmer, Richard Hirschman. He's on with Z Media. This was, I showed you the picture of the blood clots. Those were his pictures from last week. And I, I meant to share these clips, but I'm kind of glad I didn't because we're going to play two of them tonight. And I want you to listen to what he's got to say here. I've heard people. And some of the frontline doctors sit there and try to make claims that they say, well, if you're going to have one of these problems, usually it's going to be within the 30 days of injection. I'm sorry. But I, what I'm seeing is any indication, then that's not true. Because I'm going to hold up to you. This particular individual was vaccinated about a year prior to his death. Oh, wow. So, uh, you know, so how long is this stuff sticking around in people's bodies? How long does it take for it to develop and get to um, this level right here? I don't know. It may be months. It may be a year. I mean, look at that. That's, it's, it's kind of really bad right there. Those are the vax noodles or the spike noodles. Why do I call it that? It's a byproduct of these spikes being flooded into your body, binding with cells, creating apoptosis, converting them eventually into these fibrils, fibrins that are, I think, being collected up by the immune system and filling the veins of the vaccinated. And this is what he's pointing out. It's not a, you know, it depends on how much you get, how effective is your dose, how active was your dose, uh, on and on. Um, As to how long before these things become a problem. But if they just continue growing and growing, uh, as soon as they're there and they start restricting blood flow, what's happening, you've got your heart's pumping blood through and now all of a sudden there's this clot and the vessel has to expand to push the blood around it, which is kind of working these things, these little fibrils down the string until they find a place of lower pressure. That explains the whole growing thing in those immune cells that Dr. Cole found with the real sticky receptors. 
I think that's the body trying to pull them out of circulation where they can't cause problems. But the problem is there's so many of them being produced by these, especially by these repeated injections that pump out thousands more that go and transfect and infect more cells and cause them to be destroyed and create more of these white fibers that eventually it just gets to be too much to where the, the pressure on the heart is too great. And these people doing all of this cardiac triathletes, runners, swimmers, etc., cetera, uh, football players, athletes, they're pumping their heart so much harder anyway with those additional restrictions, they run into the wall quicker than other people. That's, I think, what we're seeing. And right now we're in a situation where pathologists know this, but guess what? It goes against the narrative. So they'd rather keep their paycheck than, you know, stand up for you and for humanity and the truth. That's, that's where we are as a society. That's how bad it's gotten. So again, those microclots, I'm guessing, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a scientist, I'm a, just an observer. I can only tell you what I see and what I experience firsthand. I'm curious to know if those microclots may be within the first 30 days. It may be one of those reasons why people after, shortly after they get vaccinated, they start clotting and start creating those microclots. And then next thing you know, they have a stroke or a heart attack or what is it? The uh, sudden adult death syndrome. Death syndrome. Yeah, something like that. Um, I've got, I, unfortunately, I've had to embalm some of these people that uh, didn't wake up in the morning. I've had to embalm some people that were apparently very healthy individuals and drop dead getting ready for work. And then I find, you know, these these kind of strange substances in their in their in their blood system. And they shouldn't be there. So the, so Okay, the stream should be good. It looks like I'm seems to just have resolved itself it's just always at the start of the show so that uh you know people will be inclined to tune out maybe now who knows <laughs> all right meanwhile we've got you know what we're being told medical minute what is sudden death sudden adult death syndrome well by now you're aware of the reports of young athletes and other adults dropping dead from cardiac arrest or strokes. Former Notre Dame and NFL player Paul Duncan is the latest casualty of sudden cardiac arrhythmia that's causing sudden death in young people with no history of heart disease. He was only 35 years old. My, what on earth could possibly be happening to these people? And it's, it's the spike noodles, most likely. And they're just not reporting them. They've never seen these before, but these coroners would rather keep their job than tell the truth and speak up and save people's lives, apparently. It's just unbelievable that we have people like that in our society. Meanwhile, here in Scotland, you can see these are um, cardiovascular incidents from their data. And you can see it dropped, and then it went above the during the whole COVID pandemic thing early on during the massive lockdowns. And then it peaked up and it sort of went above the baseline and stayed there. 
But then once the vaccines were rolled out, it's when it really took off and stayed up there to where it's almost, I think it's at an all-time high right now once again. My, I don't know what could possibly be happening. Uh, Omar, I'm sorry. Um, co- my colleagues of the AMA, my name is Dr. William Bay. And I'm a GP registrar. And I'm here today to ask you to join with the people of Australia and stop forcing these vaccines on people who are getting killed by them. Yes. Dr. Professor Paul Kelly is a liar. He is gaslighting all of you, and there is a, only a 0.27% fatality rate with the infection, and natural immunity has been proven recently in a Qatar study that it gives you... No- they turned off his microphone, and he just raised his voice and kept talking. So 97.3% immunity for life against Walk all out, variants. Cowards. All GPs, all doctors of Australia. Hang your heads you in shame as you leave the room because you don't want to listen to the, the reality. Protest and you have been warned. <laughs> I love it. So now security showed up to escort him out. Now, one of the things you can do if you ever decide to do something like this, you get to walk at you your have own been pace, right? Like they'll want to walk you as fast as they can to get you out. But if you just happen to naturally walk a little bit slow, you get a little bit more time. In, you know what I'm saying? Three shots, four. How many shots before you say no more? One shot, two shot, three shots, four. How many shots before the people say no more? Case fatality, 0.27%. Natural immunity gives you 97.3% protection for life against all variants forever. <laughs> Look it up. That's the Qatar study. Look it up. The people need you, doctors. Don't let them down. Oh, they've already sold Do not them let them down. My name is Dr. William Bay, and I'm from the Queensland People's Protest. And I'm here to say that we must stand with the people of Australia and not let them get injured by this vaccine anymore. They cannot be harmed. They should not be harmed. We must protect them. We must. Pro- loved, loved, loved to that. Exactly. We need more of that every time they try and meet. Instead, New York City mayor fires another 200 employees for not getting the experimental COVID-19 vaccine. We got to keep up the pressure, right? we got to keep up the transmission, the shedding, the making people sick. Going into an election cycle, it's an important one. we got to get something going here, something big going, as we're going to look at towards the end of the show. This is uh, Nurse Sarah saying, Our neighbor has been diagnosed with advanced ovarian cancer by her OBGYN. The first available appointment for her initial visit with an oncologist was not until December 20th. She knows she'll likely die before then. And so, you know, imagine the panic. Imagine the panic when the OBGYNs start dying like they are in Toronto. And then there's nobody to make an appointment with. What do you do then? People are going to freak out, folks. Phil Fetty... 
Uh, Petty, former South Carolina star quarterback, dead at 43. It's perfectly normal. Everything's fine. This is uh, Farm Girl Rebel again. Let me blow this up for you. I've been working 911 for over 30 years. I haven't seen this many working age people or younger found dead in homes, having cardiac arrests, uh, cardiac and stroke events in my lifetime. And Melissa's asking her a rough day that that is awful. She says more like a rough 18 months. Some days and weeks are better than others, but it's a changed landscape. Of course, monkeypox experts, they're revealing horrific new symptoms not seen in previous outbreaks. Researchers studying monkeypox cases in the UK have revealed that the current outbreak exhibits unusual and unpleasant symptoms, including rectal pain and penile swelling. What, what did the nurse see in females? Same thing. Blisters that appear to be sexually transmitted, which might just be spike shedding. You know, and it's causing these blisters. I've, I've looked into case after case after case of these people that come out talking about how they have monkeypox and you can see the big blisters on their face and they talk about how painful it is and how they have them on their groin too. And in every case where I've looked, and I'm not saying this is the case for all of them, but the three or four that I've tracked down were all people who were tweeting on on Twitter that they were vaccinated or advocating that others should definitely get vaccinated to protect the community and that whole nonsense. So highly likely that all of them are vaccinated. Okay, and again, not everybody because this is still going to be transmissible to other people. But the vaccinated are these super spreader disease pits right now because their immune systems have been decimated. And a lot of them are, are going to die from this. Sad to say. Houston Texans rookie John Mechie III diagnosed with leukemia. How old is he? Let me see if I can. Uh, the wide receiver, 22. And he's got leukemia. Yeah. Blood disease. Hmm. What could it be? No idea. No idea. It's definitely not the safe and effective vaccines because, you know, <laughs> here's the shingles searches from Google for the UK uh, plotted with the yellow line. That's that's the vaccination doses given, total doses given. And, uh, well, you can see they kind of went up a little bit. Again, probably that's back over on the far left of the chart up a little bit during COVID because the spike is the spike. It's doing the same thing, but just with the vaccine, you're pumping out way more spike than you'd ever be exposed to by the virus. And so there's a slight spike there and then they start rolling out the vaccines. You get this temporary protective effect and then boom, it starts spiking up and more doses, more spikes. Another round, there's the booster shot right there in that big yellow spike and then a huge spike in shingles outbreaks or people searching for shingles. Why? Yeah, because probably they're experiencing it. So it's like, this is a technical equivalent of looking for signals in the wastewater systems like the CDC is doing. But they don't want to talk about that. And certainly not 
this university student who died of joy after hearing that he passed his exams with flying colors, 22-year-old Saeed Abdel Jalil, 22, suffered a heart attack and died in a hospital after discovering he had passed his final exams, according to his parents. What could it possibly be? This is Dr. Len Lopez. She was very happy to receive her Moderna Vax. You can see, you know, she's got her two-year-old in her lap there. See her clapping when I shot her in the pick. National, nationwide kids give her a vaccine superhero, gave her a vaccine superhero cape. And here she is following up to that tweet, or I guess in a different tweet, saying, have I not responded to your email? Here's why. One-year-old, still sick, so sent her back to the ER. Tests showed she has COVID, a cold, salmonella, stomach flu, yeast, diaper rash, and impertigo all at once. I asked the doctor how that's possible, and she said, um, daycare. Another doctor baffled here, can't figure out what's going on with her own kid. Can't conceive that she just injected her with a poison that's created all of that. Here's an RN. Listen to what she's got to say. I was actually able to get in to see a cardiologist um, so that way I didn't have to wait in the ER for hours. So this cardiologist comes in, um, you know, and he basically comes in already kind of in a defensive mode. He said he read my chart before coming in and he's seen, seen a cardiologist a few weeks ago. And apparently they know each other very well, uh, the one that gaslighted me. And he basically was like, so what, what are you doing here? You know, and I explained all my symptoms to him. And he basically told me that, well, the cardiologist already saw you. So what can I do for you, basically, with that type of attitude? I asked him to order EKG and he told me, you don't need an EKG. The EKG that I did in ER was back in April. It's, uh, what, July, going on August now. And he basically was like, you don't need an EKG. So I had to basically fight him on this and tell him, look, I'm here now for chest pain. I'm short of breath. I've been having heart palpitations all night. I need an EKG. And he got super defensive. He's like, fine, I'll order your EKG, not because I think you need it, because you're telling me to. Like, and then he goes on to tell me, you know, let me tell you my honest opinion. Okay, so I'm like, what is it? I want to hear him out, obviously. And he says, you know, you're having anxiety and you need to follow up with your primary doctor because you need to um, get treated for a possible panic disorder. Like, <laughs> like you're having panic attacks. Those aren't those chest pains, all that stuff. I can't find anything wrong with you. So it's imaginary, obviously must be. Like, unbelievable. You know, I told him, yeah, I am having anxiety. I mean, I've been sick for going on seven months with no treatment and no help from the healthcare system. Who the hell isn't going to have anxiety after this? This is what's going on. And this is the gas signing that's going on. You know, these injured people are getting neglected left and right and being gaslighted. I'm sorry for all the people that's going through this. You know, I'm sorry. <laughs> My heart goes out to you guys because I understand and I feel your pain and suffering. Just know you're not alone. 
And she's updating here. Uh, I realized just now that the cardiologist didn't even pull out his stethoscope to do a simple assessment of listening to my heart and lungs. He didn't do a damn thing. That's the kind of gaslighting that the vaccine injured are being subjected to. And, you know, it's really, it's got to stop. And here's a great thread that I found from react19.org. You can go visit their website. I want to read through what they've put on Twitter. Uh, Medical gaslighting is especially prevalent among the vaccine injured. Here's a thread on managing the medical community, finding the right doctor, being prepared, communicating, and testing. So as she just described, what are the signs of medical gaslighting? Your provider continually interrupts you, won't let you elaborate, doesn't seem to be an engaged listener. The provider minimizes or downplays symptoms like questioning whether you have pain or refuses to discuss your symptoms. The provider won't order imaging or lab work to rule out or confirm a diagnosis. You feel the provider is rude, condescending, or belittling. Your symptoms are blamed on mental illness, but you are neither given a mental health referral nor screened for such illness. This is just them dismissing you because they don't want to acknowledge it. So what these guys have done is put together resources for these people. And again, react19.org is their website. You can go visit that. And they're continuing here in this thread. Vaccine injured patients are often gaslit and dismissed by doctors. We aim to end the stigma by connecting patients with providers for comprehensive, collaborative, and sympathetic health care. So they have a network of people who are actually trying to help the vaccine injured instead of deny their their condition right and they've also been prepared for your doctor visit is important is an important step towards becoming a better advocate for your health and well-being this guide will help you use your doctor's time more efficiently and effectively so they've got basically a training course of what's going on with you how do you communicate to your doctor that stuff maybe even bring in, they put together a list of all the studies and so forth that you can go in and help yourself, right? Like don't wait for this system to come around and fix you because it ain't going to happen. You have to stand up, realize that the paradigm has changed. How many times have I been telling you guys that in these situations, people die because they haven't recognized that the paradigm is changed. The old one where the doctors cared and helped you and everything that's gone. Now we've got the people who tried to mass murder you and don't want to admit it, right? And a few people who weren't involved with that and feel bad and want to help kind of thing. And then a very small handful of people who actually stood up and said, no, I'm not taking part in that. So they've given you a guide to arm you with resources to, you know, really make that productive and sort of move the doctor in the direction you need him to go to help you. So another excellent uh, component of their website there. These resources provide tips on clear communication with your doctor. There's the link right there. And again, react19.org. If your doctor is uh, unreceptive toward vaccine injuries and resorts to gaslighting, it may be for multiple reasons. They don't have the time or desire to take on a challenge. So diagnosing anxiety and prescribing antidepressants is an easy way out or that there's pressure from above. If they're a hospital doctor, they're probably practicing the corporate medicine that strips them of, of uh, autonomy, 
and the ability to diagnose patients, they've got to follow the corporate checklist, right? Despite scientific evidence proving vaccine injuries exist, they, they're still not widely recognized. So doctors' hands are often tied due to illness, uh, due to licensing boards warning them not to generate misinformation. We're going to talk about the misinformation tonight, big part of the show. It's not always the case, but uh, a hurdle to be aware of. The doc- so you might have to get away from hospital doctors and find a new doctor, right? That's why they have that directory. The doctors that are open-minded and eager to learn about vaccine injuries will find value in this list of over 1,250 peer-reviewed scientific studies on COVID-19 vaccine adverse reactions. So they've got resources for your doctor. Maybe you can point them to this. Once you find a receptive doctor willing to take on the challenge of running vaccine injury diagnostics, this comprehensive workup guide will help save time by steering both both of you in the right direction so they've actually got a checklist for you to go through with your doctor to figure out and assess proper treatments or proper you know diagnosis i guess it's the first part of that we we set up a fund for patients to gain access to healthcare research and treatment through a grant program funded through the generosity of donors if you're in a position to help please text text react to 50155 or follow this link. They've got a donate link on their website, react19.org. But again, react to 50155. Um, so just their little recap here. What are the signs of medical gaslighting? Don't tolerate that. Know them and go somewhere else. Find the right doctors. Be prepared to make the best use of their time. When you do get in there, communicate effectively. Use their guides and things to, and their checklist and so forth. Quick fixes don't exist, although, you know, a lot of people have had success in my audience with flush niacin, and it did turn things around rather quickly. So generally, though, there's a lot of people with really complex issues that took these vaccines, and they have serious problems to deal with. So, yeah, I'd say generally that's true. Some doctors' hands are tied, especially working in the hospital instead of independent. Science is on our side run the right tests, help is here. So I thought that was just a great summary for the vaccine injured to sort of take things into their own hands because that's what you're going to have to do. You have to be willing to jump in and solve your own problems, right? If if you are a whistleblower in the Department of Justice, the FBI, please come forward. If you want to restore integrity and credibility to your agencies, come forward and tell Congress and the American people understand the truth. I would also make that appeal to people working in our federal health agencies. Our response to COVID has been a miserable failure, largely because our health agency has not been transparent. I've written 43 oversight letters to the agencies where I've gotten responses. They're non-responsive responses. Generally, I don't even get answers. Because they have corrupted the entire process, right? I mean, you go in and watch this these three-minute sessions where the, the politicians ask a question and the bureaucrat does anything he can to run out the clock and not answer the question and evade the question. The whole thing is a fucking joke. And if you think, well, we just got to get the right people in there. We've had 250 years of trying to get the right fucking people in there not working. Next solution. What do you got? Because if it involves 
keeping this system around and just reshuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic, it's not going to do anything. The problem are the misaligned incentives. See, these people have every incentive not to respond to Ron Johnson, not to answer. Why? Because it's bad for them because they are the ones who messed up. They are the ones who are responsible. But because they have a monopoly, there's no consequences really, unless they screw up so badly and they create such an uproar that something is done about it. And usually it's, well, we'll fire the figurehead, put the right guy in there. Doesn't fucking work. Please stop with that fantasy. Putting the Republicans in charge is not going to fix anything either. Please stop with that fantasy. Both of them created this problem, contribute to it, continue to contribute to it. Putting the right people in charge is not going to fix the flawed mechanisms that drive this government, any government. This lack of transparency must end. We must restore congressional oversight. Not going to happen. Because the American people deserve the truth. You know, every one of these confirmed secretaries or, or agency heads come before Congress, they raise their hand, and they, they swear that they will comply with legitimate congressional oversight, and then they don't. Yeah, well. This has to end. The American people deserve transparency. They deserve honesty. They deserve the truth. Okay. Well, they're not going to get it. They're just not going to get it. Instead. But I have an obligation, a moral obligation, because everybody's life matters. Everybody. And it's getting really, really hard to sometimes sit here and watch the, 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 the television and they come up with a commercial about how safe and effective it is and to save your, you know, people around you, you need to go and get this vaccine, knowing what I know. And I know there's a lot of people out there seeing this. A lot of them are still afraid. I. This is exactly what the Soviet dog walking revolution was about. They couldn't sit through the lies of the news, the pushing of the narrative. And so they would go out and walk their dogs and they noticed, gee, there's a lot of other people walking their dogs in this news hour here every night. And eventually they realized we should do something about this. And they did. I wish more would come out publicly and, and this is what back it takes. me up kind of like, um, like I, I heard Ryan start telling the truth about these vax noodles that you're finding in the veins of people that you've never seen before and raise some fucking alarms, pathologists, medical examiners. You are selling out humanity with your actions right now. Is that how you really want to be remembered? And Cole said on one of his interviews, I don't want to be the only tall blade of grass out here. Where are the other, where are the other experts, the other scientists? We've got, you know, people like him and you got, you know, uh, Peter McCullough and, you know, all these other people. And, and, and that's great. But we need more and more and more of them. Jim Thorpe is out there. There are so many that are starting to come out. And, and, and 
as this thing continues and because they don't stop it and they keep pushing it is making it so hard for me not to believe that this is some kind of a trick, a way to sit there and, and, and reduce the population. Yes. I, I, I hate to say it, but it just seems to be that's what's happening because he's right. Like I said, they have they have taken drugs off the market for way less. Twenty two. Yes. Way Absolutely. less. Twenty two. Now I listened to a really interesting conversation on GigaOM Biological. This is JJ Cooley's uh, podcast, and he had Walter Chestnut. Now you'll probably recognize that name. We've read a lot of his substacks. He's been honing in on this theory of everything. These two guys are very smart about all of this stuff. They understand a level of complexity that I don't even come close to. And I want you, I want to play you a clip from their show because it ties in with, you know, some of the things that I've been talking about as well. And that we've mentioned actually last week. At this stage, I'm starting to believe that repeated infection um is not necessarily great for anybody no it's not and 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 i believe look this is what i'm concerned about the only thing stopping pask well in varying varying degrees from death to pask um is the I'm very concerned that if the innate immune system does not clear the virus, it leads to either more severe disease, PASC, severe disease, and ultimately death. And my concern is that despite protein, and there's a lot of evidence, you can find this everywhere if you look for it. That the spike protein dysregulates the innate immune response, as you were mentioning about interferon. Right. Now, my concern is that it's pounding away at our innate immune system with every exposure to the spike protein. And what scares me the most is that my my hypothesis is I'm seeing it in a good friend with his fourth bout, and now he has passed. You know, after four bouts and four jabs yikes wow but i mean that's really where we're where where the rubber meets the road because if the people are getting the jabs are the ones that are sustaining the viral infections yeah but i'm worried that it's just a matter that it's just a condensation of a timeline that is there for all of us in 20 to 30 you know i mean is it, yes is, no is no it, i, I com- of- you're completely right i mean if if yeah. we continue to be sur- this is what i've talked about with my symptoms, with my exposure last year, early last year. And that I'm not vaccinated, but I might be on the very same timeline as the vaccinated. Of course, what are we seeing? People with the spike noodles already in their veins, but they're unvaccinated. Why? They've probably spent a lot of time around vaccinated individuals. You know, we also, another little interesting corollary I think it was the president of Delta or American, I'm pretty sure it was Delta Airlines, talking about what's happening, all the flight delays, what's going on. They're like, well, you know, we've got crew, we've got pilots that are out sick. I think that was like 20%, but the crews, the crews are like 40 or 60% out. I think it was 40% are out sick all the time. 
that they're trying to deal with and put their flight schedules together. Why is that? Well, because it's a matter of exposure. Remember what I told you about the cruise ships. We had the last outbreak. It was a few dozen uh, passengers, but a hundred and hundred plus crew members that got sick with COVID and couldn't run the cruise ship. Why? Because they're in, the crew are in that confined environment all the time. And then when the passengers come on, they super load the space with spike proteins, but the crew are always being exposed to it and they get hit with an even higher dose of it. And that's why more of them get sick. What's happening to the pilots? Well, the pilots are going in, they're in that environment, but they're up in their cabin getting fresh HEPA filtered air fed to them and probably positive pressure in the cockpit pushing air out the back of the door so nobody could smoke them out or anything. So their exposure is less than the flight attendants in the back who are in the cab in the main galley with the vaccinated passengers that are shedding spikes all over. So they're going to get a much higher rate of exposure. That's why there was this huge 20% delta between the crew and the pilots. And that's what these guys are pointing out, that the spike is what's causing the disease, but also the other, the other little nuance that you need to glean from this conversation. What they're saying, what they're coming to here, is that when you've got this spike and then you catch COVID and there are these antibodies floating around, they can lock on and then the immune system ends up misrecognizing them as a virus and starts targeting proteins that are found throughout your body because it's reading the antibody, not the spike. And it's seeing it as a threat. And one of the things that they were concerned about, and I didn't have time to go find this clip, but they were talking about doing some tests to sort of confirm this on ovarian cells of the ovary, which are not, you know, pretty invasive procedure to get those. But, uh, you know, maybe we've got some vaccine injured who would volunteer to see if in fact that's what's happening and what they kind of say is, well, that's game over. If the immune system has been trained because of all of this suppression of your immune system, and then what is working is working to kill cell healthy cells in your body. You're not, you're not going to, and that's happening in the ovaries. You're not going to survive that. Rounded by a virus with a toxic spike protein, then all of us are going to be repeatedly exposed to it. And so it might take 30 years for us unvaccinated people to be exposed enough times to where we eventually make the wrong antibody, but... Right. But I think this is why China's... I think they know, and I think this is why they're so draconian. I mean, why would anyone... Why would... And, and I'm so tired of being attacked for this, but why would a country shoot itself in the foot repeatedly? It doesn't make any He's sense. Right. Unless... They know about the spike because this is a bioweapon that they got from the U.S. From North Carolina, Chapel Hill to produce. They know what it is. And they know that the best way to deal with it is isolate the people who are producing the spike protein. To keep everybody else from getting sick, from exposure to it. That's really the best way to to defend with this, but I mean, it's too late at this point. That's where we are folks.
Let's have a little fun, shall we? <laughs> Nothing says I'm about to blow some smoke up your ass like some cheesy corporate soundtrack music like that right there. This is CED. It's a nonprofit, nonpartisan, business-led public policy center. They're one of the think tanks that's feeding government these great ideas of what they should do about COVID, right? Well-researched analysis and reasoned solution to our nation's most critical issues. And well, they're here to honor somebody. Leadership in challenging times. They have this Distinguished Leadership Award that they hand out, you know, once a year to a distinguished leader in the world somewhere. And well, who is that? Oh, it's Albert Borla, the figurehead of the Pfizer cartel that's being honored here today. How awesome. I bet this is going to be great. Oh, crap. <laughs> and then I hit the wrong button. <laughs> Hold on. Let me get this back. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> Sorry. So, as you may have saw there, I've got some clips in of Elizabeth Holmes as well. We're going to make a few comparisons here. A healthcare pioneer is being compared to visionaries like Bill Gates and Steve Jobs. This morning, Elizabeth Holmes is part of the new Time 100 list just out. Her mission is to allow blood testing in every drugstore at a fraction of Medicare costs. Her innovation has fueled anticipation in the healthcare industry. She's going to revolutionize the whole thing with her new technology that's being brought out. It's going to make testing cheap and available and diagnosis is far more possible than they've ever been reducing disease and death and illness. It's going to be wonderful. And made Holmes the world's youngest female self-made billionaire. Mm -hmm. So take us back there. You had become. Of course, turns out she was a total fraud and lying about the whole thing. Swindled investors out of like nine billion dollars. I'm CEO in 2019. You're in charge of a monolith big pharma company as a once in a hundred year public health crisis hits. It's, it's not what matters. Um, what matters is how well we do in trying to make people's lives better. I mean, that's, that's why I'm doing this. That's why I work the way that I work. And that's why I love what I'm doing so much. Uh, it was uh, a lot of fear, a lot of darkness. And uh, uh, we were all thinking that... Uh, End of the world. Civilization, the way we know it, is challenged for the first time in our lifetime. This is what happens when you work to change things. And first they think you're crazy, then they fight you, and then all of a sudden you change the world. And um, Now, you may have noticed it's kind of weird. She talks in a voice like this for some reason, a little lower than she normally talks. Because she's a total con artist. And... Um, that makes people think very differently. Not only those Hold that on, they make. Uh, it up. was uh, a lot of fear, a lot of darkness. And uh, uh, we were all thinking that uh, the civilization, the way we know it, is challenged for the first time in our lifetime. This is what happens when you work to change things. And first they think you're crazy, then they fight you. And then all of a sudden you change the world. And... Um, and um, that makes people think very differently. Not only those that they may come with the ideas, let's do it, but also those that they are asked to follow uh, and uh, make it happen. They can rise to the occasion in ways that uh, 
uh, usually you don't when you are living in normal times. We're making magic here, folks. We're making magic. This is stuff dreams are made of. Basically, it was trusting uh, my people. Um, Mm. When they told me mRNA is uh, our solution to what you are asking us to do, which is we want the vaccine very effective, very safe, very quickly. Hmm. Uh, we didn't get that, did we? I was puzzled. That was very counterintuitive oh. decision. I personally was shocked to see that the journal would publish something like this when we had sent them over a thousand pages of documentation. See, they've got their studies. Everything's fine. According to their studies, what are you guys talking about? There's nothing to see here. Demonstrating that the statements in their piece. It's perfectly normal for 1,223 people to die during the trial of our vaccine. Why would anyone think that that's a safety signal? Were false. There was no other medicine or vaccine uh, that was successful uh, by the time that we made the decision, let's try this technology to bring a COVID vaccine. Well, I, I mean, I guess there was vitamin C and vitamin D because all of the patients that were hospitalized in the ICU, 84, 94, 93% respectively, were deficient in vitamin D. So, I mean, you could have given them that. Then there's ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, budesonide, and about a half dozen or so other drugs that could be used in combination to effectively treat COVID-19 and help patients recover before severe disease sets in. But, I mean, you suppressed all those. So, technically, yeah, I guess it's true. There were no publicly available options that you didn't eliminate. So, that was quite um, counterintuitive, as I said. Mm-hmm. So I challenged it. I you see his <laughs> look at his body language. Sure, um, I mean, uh, but Cleveland Clinic, uh, Walgreens, so many of the other partners that we've have have seen our technology. They've worked with us. They've used our systems, and they understand what we're doing. And they understand that when you try to change things, uh, people react to it. If we were to be successful with this technology, <laughs> it became clear to me that that would be a superior us. Higher risk, but higher reward. And uh, uh, they convinced me that they felt that the technology is mature enough. We have it. We will crack the nut with that. And I said, go ahead. Just say it right now on air. Quest Lab Corp, we want to do a head-to-head. 200, 200, 300, 400 patients. What do you say? So they came in. There's Jim Kramer challenging her. Put your machine up against Lab Corp in a study. To prove to us that you can do what you're claiming with your little microtubule things that you created, your big innovation, that lets you do blood tests with a pen prick from the finger instead of a blood draw with a needle from the arm. And what's the answer? Yes. We, we, we've already done it. Oh. We've already done it. Absolutely. And it's a- Which, guess what? They didn't because they were fucking lying about the whole thing. Actually even published in our FDA decision summary from this summer from a 900 patient study where we got FDA clearance of the exact system that the journal is questioning and demonstrated venous versus finger stick across a huge number of patients. It was 889, I think, for that test. Certainly speaks well of the FDA having approved this, doesn't it? And we've done that over and over again for every single test. Excellent. Elizabeth Holmes, founder, chair, and CEO of Theranos. Thank you for coming on Mad Money and from the, from the Harvard Med School. Good to see you. Good to see you, too. Read the journal. Listen to our interview. You make up your mind. Yeah, Stay you make up your mind.
the technology, I think, is just starting to scratch the surface of what can deliver. But I want, from the get-go, to say it's not going to be a panacea. Uh, it's not a technology that will resolve everything uh, or medical needs that we have right now. But it is a technology that will allow us to bring solutions to things that we were, to some of the things that we were not able to bring before. Not um, all, but I can't wait to hear these. To some, this is a technology that could give us, for example, better vaccines beyond COVID. We have a. Oh, so the first thing he's heading for is the safety of that government-granted immunity in the childhood vaccine schedule, <clears throat> right? And because, well, I mean, they're just doing an update of the, the spike. I guess we probably don't even need to do the safety studies. We can just rubber stamp this one right on through, just like we did for COVID. A lot of vaccines. I think we can get way better vaccines for some of the diseases that is very difficult to get good vaccines. Again. First, we've created these little tiny tubes, which we call the nanotainers which are designed to replace the big traditional tubes that come Didn't from your arm and instead allow for all the testing to be done from a tiny drop from a finger. The second is that the technology first was pioneered to treat cancer, not to make vaccines. It is. Guess what? <clears throat> they never have managed to be successful treating cancer, but uh, that's fine because they used it for COVID first. Uh, a lot a lot of work against cancer is happening right now uh, we don't have anything successful so far oh, but uh, um, uh, the, the the chances that we will see success through that are quite high i would say uh -huh. and uh, we will know in the next couple of years every <laughs> do you see that throat swallow there you ever heard the phrase that's rather hard to swallow it's what you just watched time you create something new there should be questions and yeah. to me that's a sign why your eyes so big and wide open and why you not blinking is this a stare down that you're doing and that you've actually done something that uh, is transformative the third area that this technology can be used it is for genetic diseases diseases that um, you created with the vaccine uh, are due to a mistake in the in your in your production uh, human genome in in our code instead of oh like i don't know the down regulation of toll-like receptor three four seven and eight is that going to fix anything maybe for uh, the letters being in the right order one or two of them in our dna flip. flip flipped like down regulation of the immune system the order and that can create uh, diseases to those unfortunate that have that mistake mm -hmm. that uh, usually are extremely difficult to treat. Mm -hmm. uh, and some of them are fatal. Also. Mm -hmm. uh, this technology, for the first time, will allow us to edit the mistake in the genome of those unfortunate people and hopefully them. make them uh, more successful. So, And I can go on, on and on because those you have can. application in multiple diseases, in... Uh, in, in heart diseases, in brain diseases, etc. <laughs> heart and brain diseases. Huh. No correlation, folks. I mean, there's just nothing. We don't even know what's happening. 
Theranos also hasn't disclosed publicly that it does the vast majority of its tests with traditional machines bought from the from companies like Siemens AG. True or false? You know, now that was true. They had bought the competitors' machines, put those down in the basement, and had crews running the tests on the competitors' machine because their machines didn't work. Yes, I remind you, we didn't take the money. Oh, because one, we didn't need it. We had our own. And secondly, saint. we thought that we would be more flexible. Of course, how many tens of billions did they make? Was it 30 or 40? I can't recall. In the quarter. I think it was $34 billion that they made, being such humanitarians for not taking the government money. So glad they didn't take advantage. Such a good guy, isn't he? Uh, uh, if we didn't have economic strings attached, to the administration, but we just move ahead uh, with the speed of science. Oh, yeah. So a lot of these things were important, and without that, this we wouldn't be able. Science. So this is taken completely out of context. Um, starting when we launched our services. Clearly, you just you don't understand this. You don't. You don't know what you're talking about. Says every skeptic on Twitter. In 2013. We put on our website that we do venous testing, so blood draws from the arm the traditional way. And starting in 2015, we announced, and it was published in San Francisco paper in uh, Fortune. I talked about it in an interview I did with Forbes that we made a decision to expand our test menu to include all the specialty and esoteric tests that are traditionally run only. So he asked the question, why aren't you doing these tests on your machine? How many of these tests are you doing on your machine? They're claiming, the Wall Street Journal's claiming 15. You're saying it's 230. Which is it? And her answer is, well, we pr prioritize our tests by uh, the demand, by the tests ordered. Uh-huh. That doesn't answer the question, does it? Very infrequently, but cost a huge is, amount of money. Truth is, the whole thing was just one giant lie. And we believe as part of what we do that one of our greatest innovations is making these tests available at extremely low cost. Okay. And so we expanded our test menu and made all these tests available through Venus Draws. We updated our website to reflect that. And so yes, now we have a huge number of tests that are available through our lab, but instead of charging $10,000. Without your finger prick technology, doing the Venus Draws, and we're gonna have some people run those tests on our competitors' machines that actually work down in the basement 24-7 so that we can keep taking investor money and spending it. Dollars for them, we're charging $2.99. Okay. And this is listed on the Walgreens website. We've put it in our own press, and it's been out there. Well, how many tests can your device, Edison, do? The, the Wall Street Journal says it can only do 15 out of 240. In our case, we had to partner with BioNTech. But we had also to partner with FDA and we had to partner with CDC so that uh, particularly FDA, because they are regulating everything that we're doing. So without their oh. active uh, collaboration, without uh, their collusion, you mean active uh, changing of the way that they work as well. We oh, you mean pushing a gene therapy transfection agent with pegylated lipid injected into the humans for the first time ever without safety trials through their vaccine approval process? Is that what you mean by them changing things? 
we wouldn't be able to achieve what we achieved. And of course, there were this was collusion and it's resulted in murder, mass murder, death and disability. And these people must be held accountable for their actions. There's a lot of academia involved in the work that we did. See him touching his nose there? Academia involved? Yeah, you know what the academia did? They weren't giving feedback like he's about to say. That's why he's covering up his mouth and trying to hide his lie. They were giving marching orders to go and discredit papers, as we're going to see later tonight. They were the ones who have pushed the agenda for that money that's being doled out from the pharmaceutical cartels, like the Pfizer cartel or the Moderna cartel. Because we consulted with a ton of academic institutions as we were moving. Yeah, so we had communicated to the Wall Street Journal that we have submitted over 130 pre-submissions to FDA with tests running on our proprietary devices um, and have been taking those through the FDA submission process. Every test that we offer in our laboratory can run on our proprietary devices. We bring tests up on our proprietary devices based on the frequency with which they're run. And that was thriving life sciences sector was an ecosystem of private, mainly, institutions, private ac academia, private big pharma, private biotech, that in collaboration, all together, uh, they were able to bring solutions for diagnostics and then for treatments and then... For, you know, diagnostics like the PCR tests that they rigged to create the pandemic, for treatments like... Remdesivir, they killed most of the patients and triggered the pandemic, were used as the, as the excuse for why we need the lockdowns. All these people are dying from long COVID, not from this Paxlovid drug that we've injected to, into them, which has a 25% survival rate after the fourth dose. And for vaccines, now that we know that it can, Things can be worked differently. To be now that we know, you know, we've completely compromised the FDA and the regulators. Be able to bring medicines for cancer, for Alzheimer's, for Parkinson, you name it. You name it. We've caused it all. We're going to now try and fix it all and ring that cash register in the process. Way faster. As part of this commitment that we've made, and it's been very controversial that we've actually become the first company advocating for FDA regulation right. <laughs> of lab-developed tests. And as part of that, we have said that we think that every lab-developed test really should go through the FDA submission process. So clearly the ambitions that we had uh, to make breakthroughs that change patients' lives were said when we didn't know that we would come so soon with something that would change so much the lives of so many. Yeah, see how he leaned in there? <clears throat> really drive that point home. Of course, what he's talking about, he comes into to Pfizer 2019, cuts all the non-core businesses, doubles up on investment in R&D, and really becomes this research engine. And well, that just, man, it was lucky, his lucky year. We are now thinking even more uh, ambitiously into bringing medical solutions that will not only change patients' lives, will change the way that the industry is working. And so we've been consistent with it. And in fact, we even just recently took our nanotainers 
uh -huh. through the FDA clearance process and sent submissions in for those. And as part of that process, we're not even using our nanotainers except for FDA cleared assays um, so that every single thing that runs on our platform is getting to the point okay. that it's going to be FDA cleared. Oh, see, there you go. It's just a regulatory snafu. That's why we're doing the full blood draws instead of the little nanotainers. They're not all approved. When the company into a research engine was a culture that was calling for courage, Clearly, that is what we had to demonstrate to be Courage. able yeah. to invest that large in something like that with COVID. It was that was calling for excellence in execution. And clearly, our ability to run. It's uh, so like, you know, this is a make or break thing. Can't fail at this. Got a lot riding on this. We better make sure we're successful no matter what. Uh, two studies of thousands of people one for vaccine and one for the treatment. For, you know, like remdesivir, Paxlovid. They needed those to be a part of this in addition to their vaccine. Uh, in record time and with high level of accuracy, we increased dramatically the budgets uh, of R&D. Uh, and uh, we increased also uh, substantially the budgets of digital. And we started uh, preparing uh, 2019. the digitization of the research process. So when COVID hit, somehow we were ready. Mm. Recognizes grit and drive. Imagine you were the that. only woman up there with a lot of older white men. This is true. Yeah, it was. Mm. <laughs> but what was so wonderful was about so it wonderful is that these it. young girls who are in the audience Good morning, my name is that I was deceiving and lying to and dashing their hopes on the rocks when my fraud was exposed. Could connect to me as nothing but living proof that their dreams are possible. Whenever there's a quote-unquote glass ceiling, there's an iron woman right behind it. <laughs> <laughs> they love these stupid sayings to throw out. And that's why many of the students there were really impressed with her and see now her as a role up. model. You know, she's got... Yeah, touching her nose right there. You know why she did that? I don't know why it replayed. Self-doubt. She saw through this lady's bullshit, but didn't call her on it. Because she's just pushing the narrative just like the others. Meanwhile, here's in Australia. These are infections, and you can see there's uh, the vaccine rollout in this blue line along the bottom here. It spikes up, and then you get, you know, you've got that same bump, COVID clearly causing some infections, and then the vaccine rollout, and they majorly spike and still haven't gone back down to normal, to the baseline. But I'm sure that's all fine, folks. Had this helicopter crash, and this plane crash, and this plane crash, and this plane crash in the last week or so. But, uh, you know, you shouldn't be worried about the vaccines. What you should be worried about is the new wave of pandemics that could be sparked by the never-before-seen microbes locked in Tibetan glaciers that they're released by melting ice because climate change is the new 
thing that you should be scared of, simpletons. This is going to explain all of these rare viruses. Oh, it must be global warming. Damn it. How dare you selfishly drive a car that we can't control your movements with? Because that's what this is. Another power grab on your freedoms and liberties. Another mechanism by which they can just kidnap you by remote if they want to. And of course, here's a hospital. I believe this was in Australia. A nurse at St. Charles Gardner Hospital has claimed a deceased patient was left lying in a bed for at least seven hours last week because of the state mortuary at QEI was full. Their system is literally collapsing and falling apart. And Mary Tally Bowden came out and announced this week. Oh, hold on. You go there. Lawyer up Twitter and CDC America first legal obtains emails between CDC director of digital media, Carol Crawford and Twitter execs on how to suppress free speech. It's an excellent thread. And I agree with her. Here's uh, the first American legal on Twitter. And hold on. Let me go. Oh crap. (laughs) Bear with me, guys. I just deleted one of my tabs that I think is the one that I want to open, actually, which is not very good. And I'm trying to find my place here. Yeah, there it is. Okay. And now we can go over here. So this is their website, and they've put this story together. Uh, AFL lawsuit reveals damning CDC documents proving government collusion with big tech to censor free speech and promote Biden administration propaganda. Today, the America's first legal release shocking documents it obtained from the centers for disease control and prevention, revealing concrete evidence of collusion between the CDC and social media companies to censor free speech and promote Biden administration propaganda. We're regularly working to make sure social media platforms are aware of the latest narratives. This is a quote from the document dangerous to public health that this is from Jim Psaki, the old uh, press secretary there at the White House. <clears throat> dangerous to public health that we and many other Americans are seeing across all of society, societal, social and traditional media, sorry. And we work together to engage with them better uh, to better understand the, the enforcement of social <clears throat> media platform policies. Today, after a year of work, lawsuits and court appearances and government hoops to jump through, AFL has obtained its first damning release of documents. This is just the tip of the iceberg. In addition to the CDC working with Census Bureau to, quote, leverage their infrastructure to identify and monitor social media for vaccine misinformation. This is a 286-page production, apparently the first of more to come. And, uh... They point some things out here, and this one you can't really see very well. So I want to bring it up right here for you guys. Uh, This is a letter from Todd O'Boyle. He's a Twitter employee. Uh, T-O-B-O-Y-L-E at Twitter.com is his email address if you'd like to message him. And he's writing her to say Todd, or she's, I'm sorry, she's writing Todd to say, We wanted to point out two issues that we are seeing a great deal of misinfo about. 
vaccine shedding, and microchips. The below are just some examples, example posts. We do plan to post something shortly to address vaccine shedding, and I can send you that link soon. Our census team copied here has much more on it if needed. Like, why is the census involved in this? Also, we are standing up, standing up a BOLO COVID misinformation meeting. <laughs> They're used, be on the lookout as a, a policing term. So they are now policing misinformation. You know, anything that goes against the narrative. We're looking to shooting for 12 on a Friday, uh, proposing alternative, blah, blah, blah. So here's some examples of these tweets, and I want to read you some of them. Magnet sticks to area infected by the vaccine. Are the vaccinated getting microchipped? Question mark. Just say no. So we've had on this show people in the audience that have written me and said, wow, I'm surprised, Sam. I didn't think this magnet thing was real, but a friend showed me. And sure enough, that's what's happening. So the magnets are real. Are the microchips there? I don't think so. But, you know, notice how they want to throw in microchips with uh, the magnetization of in this injected area. Like we can't figure this out. Like that couldn't, of course they have to be connected. So they put something absurd with something that is real in order to sell it to the sensors, right? Next one. The big question is why are the governments lying? Oh, I'm going to skip that one. Here's another one. Agreed, but the science is being if the science is being followed, there's an awful lot of evidence that the vax crowds are shedding. Maybe the non-vaxxed are safer this way. Thoughts. Someone asking their friend, what do you think about shedding from the vaccinated? Is it a real thing? Here's another one. COVID vaccine shedding evidence. SARS-CoV-2 spike protein can alter human genes and VAERS truth. Here's another one. I'm alarmed by the amount of women in my DMs complaining about abnormal bleeding and miscarriages after coming in contact with someone who's been vaccinated. Someone is right there sharing a firsthand opinion experience from their life and they are labeling that misinformation and banning that person from talking about it on Twitter. course here's another one uh sorry give me a second here let me blow that up uh thank you for those of you that were able to attend today here's the slides please do not share them outside your trust and safety teams this is from carol she's the cdc uh she's not the censor she's the driving the policy that the censors use okay and here's her slides, COVID vaccine misinformation, hot topics. One of them here is this SM102 vaccine ingredient safety. Another one is right there on the magnetism rumor, rumor, right? Like we've got video proof, documented evidence of it happening. Very real. Vaccine male infertility, uh, fertility issues, rumor. <laughs> of course, we have a study showing that, nope, yeah, it actually affects the uh, number of sperm and the modal count, or the mobility, whatever it is. I am not muted, guys. I think it's just the streams messing up. So I will publish the 
yeah, guys, I'm just going to have to upload. I can't do anything about the network. I'm on three freaking networks. Tried to get on Starlink. Couldn't make that happen. There's people that don't want you to hear this, but it's going to get out there. It will be uploaded in a high quality. Don't worry about it. Okay. And of course, they don't want this, right? Like I've been censored over this for months and months and months, as you're going to see, as you, some of you already know. So there's their chart that they sent, regular BOLO meetings where the CDC would share their misinformation that the censors would then go and censor. Twitter, Facebook, Google was in there. Because, you know, they were, were meeting with all of them at once in some of these email chains where you can get their email addresses, which, by the way, I have done. Let me... Go to my little Substack page here. And here's one of them. Meet Jay Dempsey from the CDC. He colludes with big tech to censor anything that goes against the narrative. He's one of the people in this email. And, uh, well, I sent Jay an email apprising him of the situation he's in. I hope you will do something similar in a non-threatening way. There's really no need to call for violence against any of them. I think that's pretty much baked in the cake for a lot of them. They just haven't realized it yet. Most of these people have dug their own graves at this point. And here's what I sent him. I said, hey, hello, Jay Dempsey. I'm ready to let you know how excited I am to see your collusion with big techs, Twitter, Facebook, and others coming to light thanks to some recent FOIA requests. It's abundantly clear the CDC is engaged in fraud and malfeasance, which you helped to cover up by working to silence people via big tech censorship. The mandates derived from the CDC guidelines resulted in coercion, and because people are dying following your mandates... That made it a holocaust, and you guys just swapped the gas chambers for delayed reaction soft-kill injectables. In silencing doctors prescribing early treatments, the vaccine injured telling their stories, and people like me reporting on these facts, you engaged in genocide and mass murder. It's all coming out, Jay. I think best case you can hope for right now is life in prison. However, once the loved ones of your victims of your lies and deceptions become aware of what you've done to them, well, they're likely to take matters into their own hands. Hope it doesn't come to that and this can be handled lawfully without anyone seeing their family executed in front of them or burned alive with a propane torch. Unfortunately, I think people will be so enraged at what's been done to them. Many are going to lose what's left of their minds after the prion damage from your vaccines and won't be thinking straight. I hope you guys get ahead of this and start coming forward telling the truth about fraudulent data published by the CDC and turning yourselves into the authorities so you can be this can be handled lawfully. If not, may the odds be ever in your favor, Jay. Good luck, buddy. And then I send a similar one to Megan Doward. She's one of the Twitter censors that left Twitter to go do Google now and be one of the Google censors. <clears throat> and here's her email. Or there she is mentioned in one of the emails. And, of course, here's one of her tweets talking about Matt Getz standing under a sign that says uncanceled. And she's saying, anyone who gives a speech under this marquee is just asking for it. She's one of the Twitter censors tweeting about censoring Matt Geetz because she doesn't like what he has to say. Well, guess what? She got an email, too. Or no, she didn't because she doesn't, her email address wouldn't be valid anymore. Don't know what it is at Google. But Twitter's, it's typically last name or first letter, last name, I believe it is. There's Todd O'Boyle. 
He's, I sent him, wanted to take a minute to let you know I'm one of the people you censored about shedding. In fact, I appealed the tweet in question and after nine months, it was never reviewed because you and your organization knew it was lying and a response would have resulted in a slam dunk lawsuit. Shedding from the vaccinated has made me and many other people I know seriously sick, and I'm glad to see your collusion with the government to censor deplatform and gaslight the vaccine injured coming to light. What you've done is colluded with mass murderers to cover up a genocide push via coercive mandates that resulted in a holocaust. We know who you are, we know, and you will be held accountable for your crimes against humanity. Best case you can for you at this point is probably life in prison. And that's if the street mob doesn't get you before the justice system you've helped to subvert. I hope for the former, but in the event of the latter, may the odds be ever in your favor, Todd Boyle. And I'm asking him, did you really think you would get away with this? Maybe a good time to double up on a booster, Todd. Good luck. And on, and on there were four of those. I started at 1 a.m., finished at 5, <laughs> and then went to sleep. Somebody's like, you spelled that, you used the wrong word here. You spelled this one wrong. I'm like, yeah, well. But this is what you can do, folks. These emails are out there. Don't threaten them. No need for that. But let them know, at the very least, that you know what they're doing. You know what role they've played in this. You know that they've had a hand in destroying people's lives. Express requests from the Twitter uh, to the CDC for identifying misinformation. This is Todd O'Boyle here, toboyle at twitter.com. Uh, messaging to Cindy Crawford, or sorry, Carol Crawford. She's the sort of head policymaker for CDC censorship. CJY1 at cdc.gov is her email address. Twitter stating that, and there's, he's asking for uh, all examples of misinformation and are helpful, but in particular, if you have any examples of fraud, such as fraudulent COVID cures, fraudulent vaccine cards, et cetera, that would be helpful because they were trying to get rid of all of these fraudsters pushing these early treatments like ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine. That was April 8th of 2021. And then here they are talking about how busy they were because the CEO, Jack, was being called before Congress. And uh, yeah, there's that one on and on. Here they gave them 15 million, the CDC, Facebook gave them 15 million in free advertising coupons, right? That's always very nice. Very, very nice. You can reallocate that advertising budget somewhere else, like maybe to the company party or something who knows set up COVID-19 misinformation reporting channel for CDC and census to make reports to Facebook holding a training meeting for the misinformation reporting channel CDC requested that Google promote its new vaccine page in its search results so put our CDC information at the top of the search results so everybody finds that before they find what they're actually looking for Google if you could do that that would be great Coordinating with Google regarding vaccine misinformation, including a question hub thing the CDC and Google were collaborating on. CDC sought to coordinate with Google regarding WHO uh, infodemiology conference in connection with CDC's creation of the discipline of infodemiology to target the general public and push back against the misinformation. So just all kinds of collusion here, folks. 
reveals the extent to which the Biden administration is willing to engage in unconstitutional and otherwise unlawful activities in total disregard for the rights of American citizens, undermine the rule of law and liberties. Any corrupt government agency that attempts to conceal records should be prepared to face legal action. And it's like, you know, like I applaud these guys for what they've done at the same time. The system is so broken, so hopelessly corrupt, flawed by design. This is not something we fix with new people, tear it down, burn it to the ground and build something, build nothing. Let the market handle it. Let the market figure out the best way to do this, have competing ideologies because that's how we get to best in class, not by criminals co-opting government healthcare regulators and using them to push their deadly poisonous products on unsuspecting innocent children. Cause that's where we are today with these criminals. Let me see where I need to go back to here. Oh yeah. So here's some of their slides. So there's one on uh, Moderna 19 COVID-19 fact sheet. There have been false claims that the vaccine ingredient SM-102 is poisonous and unsafe, not intended for human use, which is absolutely true. And they just said, oh, well, that's just the research grade. That's not the lab grade. They never said which one they used or that they're, they didn't have a separate listing for the human grade one. But, you know, trust us, it's perfectly safe. And if you look at their reasoning down here, the facts, manufacturing process and controls have been well characterized and quantified, kind of like, uh, you know, the Thernos uh, blood tests were, I bet, very carefully controlled. The analytical procedures developed and used for the release of and stability monitoring of mRNA-1273 drugs, uh, substance, and drug products include tests to ensure vaccine safety, identity, purity, quality, and potency. <coughs> Except for, you know, that batch in Japan where they sent it back because it had a bunch of crap in it and nobody knew what that was. Or in the contracts where it says up to 50% of the vaccine can be just genetic garbage from the manufacturing process that they couldn't actually clean out which, by the way, gets wrapped in the lipid nanocomplex and then delivered, transfected into a cell so that whatever those little segments of spike protein or whatever it is, we don't really even know, gets produced by your body. Let's just hope that it's not something really toxic that's going to fucking kill you. But that's all fine. Nothing to worry about here because the CDC, they have their process, right? Next one. Be on the lookout for statements, pictures, posts, or messages containing misleading or false information that vaccine ingredients cause, cause vaccinated individuals to become magnetic. And again, we've seen videos of this demonstrated, have people from my audience who have said, Sam, it's real. I didn't believe it until my friend showed me it's real. There are people that can take spoons and stick them to their forehead, stick them to their arm where they got the shot, and they stay there. What the fuck is that? Well, the CDC is here to tell us that the COVID-19 vaccines are safe and effective. COVID-19 vaccines were examined in tens of thousands of participants in clinical trials. Did they check them for magnets? I, I don't know. I guess I'm guessing they didn't. 
the vaccines met the FDA's rigorous scientific standards for safety and effectiveness and manufacturing quality needed to support an emergency use authorization for a vaccine that's not actually a vaccine. It's a gene therapy trans with a transfection agent to pump out a toxic bioweapon developed by the Department of Defense and shared with China. In the guise, under the guise of defense, protecting the public from viruses that don't exist that we created, that we've been creating for years and have gotten out repeatedly from our ultra-secure laboratories. It's all fine, folks. All fine. Next one. Be on the lookout that vaccines cause infertility or other fertility issues in men. Well, yeah, we've already got the study. And we're already seeing birth rates decline, infertility rates increase, stillborns setting off alarm signals multiple times in a period of a few months in the Scotland hospital. You've got the doctor in Australia saying 77% of the vaccinated miscarried their babies. He looked into it. He's one of the most, one of the top doctors over there. Just like Dr. Cole heads up these various organizations in his field is like the president of them. And he got fired for not taking the vaccine. And he was doing studies, looking at tracking down, finding out what happened. And what happened is 77% miscarriage rate in the vaccinated And who's to say what's going to happen to the babies that actually made it through the gauntlet? They're not out of this either. We've got babies dying that were breastfeeding from mothers that got vaccinated after they were born. And I've interacted on Twitter with with a mom that was doing that. And she's like, gee, Every time I breastfeed my baby, he gets really inconsolable and develops a rash. Should I stop breastfeeding him? Well, I mean, you're poisoning your baby, lady. Do you want it to die in your arms? Because that's where that leads. That's what you're doing. You're killing your baby. What the fuck do you think? Should you stop doing it? There's Carol's contact information. If you'd like to reach out, the Center for Disease Control, her office number is 404-498-2480. Mobile number is 678-920-0578-678-920-0578. CJY1 at cdc.gov. If you'd like to send her an email, please reach out, share your thoughts. If you know somebody, if you're vaccine injured by this stuff, if she's deplatformed you write her let her know what effect what impact that's had on your life of course mary tally bowden who's been on the show a couple times after she tweeted that well she got suspended permanently from twitter can't have this right of course what happened to me if you recall About a year ago, I tweeted out the following. Another angle with the CDC telling the vaccinated to shed their masks is that they're going to increase viral shedding 
and spike protein transmission infecting others. I don't think any of this, I don't think this is coincidence. They knew about this as evidenced in their safety trials, right? So I've talked about this before. This was my old uh, Twitter account that was um, locked over this tweet. And I appealed it, right? And what did I come in and say right here? I'm relaying factual information from, and I'm trying to find it here, bear with me. There we go. Uh, From Pfizer's own safety study, specifically section 835, one through three on page 37 and 38 of Pfizer's own safety study, surely a mistake. And you know what? They didn't respond to that for nine months. When did this happen, by the way? Oh, well, right there, if you look, the tweet was 23rd of May. Now, if we go back over here and look at, oh, I'm sorry. If we go back right here, (laughs) too many buttons. When did this email get sent to Todd? May 10th, 13 days prior to when they suspended my account account for talking about what? Shedding. Why? Because it was incredibly damning to the narrative at the time. They were pushing vaccine passports and immunity and you're not going to get COVID and all their bullshit. When the reality is right here, this was Pfizer's own safety study. And just like I said, 8351, exposure during pregnancy. If you remember this section, we covered it in a show. Down here at the bottom, a female family member or healthcare provider reports that she is pregnant after having been exposed to the study intervention by inhalation or skin contact. If you breathe this in or have contact with somebody who's vaccinated, a male family member or healthcare provider who has been exposed to the study intervention by inhalation or skin contact then exposes his female partner prior to or around the time of conception. That's a reportable safety event. What is that? That's viral shedding. That it, those are exosomes shedding of the spike. They knew about it. They were looking for it. They were concerned about it. Because why? It's a real thing. It's a, re- it's a real risk. And that is why they never once responded to this. I left that account locked for nine months over this tweet. And they were always just, you know, we're going to be looking into that any day now. And they never did. Why? Because they knew that this was a lie. And if they denied it, that's a slam dunk lawsuit. So they just let it sit there. Hey, they got the censorship that they wanted anyway. And they didn't get in legal trouble or acting as censors on behalf of the CDC, even though that is clearly what they were doing. This is criminal. These people belong in jail. They belong swinging from the gallows, many of them, after lawfully convicted, of course. And why am I suspended right now on Twitter? Well, for this tweet. Well, Emma, it's either my career or your life. I chose my career as a doctor, Most of these doctors deserve the firing squad for what they've done. 
they don't want anyone talking about the consequences of their lies. That's what they're having meetings about right now, I guarantee you. We won't find out for a while. We may never find out, but that's what they're worried about. Them being held accountable for what they've done. The truth coming out. And they will deplatform and censor and hide anyone. That's what this whole entire push has been about. They're panicking. They are going around censoring the mouse army who knows their crimes and trying to get rid of them with the hopes that they're going to get away with mass murder, genocide, and pushing a Holocaust through coercive mandates while censoring and gaslighting the victims of their crimes. Meanwhile, MTG Marjorie Taylor Greene's noticing that as we're shopping for the next school year, I can't get over how much school supplies have gone up. Inflation is the result of government failed policies and massive overspending. And it's a cruel tax on everyone. The people must hold elected leaders accountable. Yeah, she's right. You know, she is correct. Here's the government coming to help. There's this big truck going through the floodwaters in, uh, I think it's a UAE. And they're showing all the storefronts in this town and the windows are being broken out. Because, I, you know, I guess slowing down in the truck is too much trouble. They'd rather just have all these store owners replace the glass. That was totally salvageable. No need to replace it until they came barreling down the street and broke it. But there's your government. You know, what's really needed, though, is a small government Republican that would shrink the size of the government and increase freedom. And who am I talking about? The man himself, Ronald Reagan. The business of our nation goes forward. These United States are confronted with an... Notice that he said these United States and not the United States. There's a difference there. Economic affliction of great proportions. We suffer from the longest and one of the worst sustained inflations in our national history. It distorts our economic decisions, penalizes thrift, and crushes the struggling young and the fixed income elderly alike. It threatens to shatter the lives of millions of our people. Idle industries have cast workers into unemployment, human misery, and personal indignity. Those who do work are denied a fair return for their labor by a tax system which penalizes successful achievement and keeps us from maintaining full productivity. But great as our tax burden is, it has not kept pace with public spending. For decades, we have piled deficit upon deficit, mortgaging our future and our children's. I'm so glad they fixed this inflation problem, right? I mean, we're not, they've solved this. This was back in the 90s, so this one's been taken care of. Future for the temporary convenience of the present. To continue this long trend is to guarantee tremendous social, cultural, political, 
and economic upheavals. You and I... Like in third world countries that are dependent on dollars that can't get them and, uh, you know, cost of everything has gone way up because the dollar's gotten stronger as they've collapsed global uh, economic activity from the lockdowns and the death and destruction of these vaccines as well as disability. As individuals can, by borrowing, live beyond our means, hmm. but for only a limited period of time. Why then should we think... Can't kick the road, the can down the road forever, can they? Think ...that collectively, as a nation, we're not bound by that same limitation. We must act today in order to preserve tomorrow. And let there be no misunderstanding. We're going to begin to act beginning today. That's good. That's good. Yeah. He's going to shrink the government. He's going to restore freedom and liberty. He's a small government Republican. The economic ills we suffer have come upon us over several decades. Mm -hmm. They will not go away in days, weeks, or months. But they will go away. Mm -hmm. They will go away because we, as Americans, have the capacity now, as we've had in the past, to do whatever needs to be done to preserve this last and greatest bastion of freedom. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government mm, good. is the problem. That's true. Mm -hmm. So let's shrink the government. Let's, we're going to see how he did on this. From time to time, we've been tempted to believe that society has become too complex to be managed by self-rule, that government by an elite group is superior to government for, by, and of the people. Mm -hmm. Well, if no one among us is capable of governing himself, then who among us has the capacity to govern someone else? That's a question I would ask. The answer is nobody. Not the government, not you, not your neighbors, not your friends. You own yourself. You don't get to govern others, impose your will on others. All of us together, in and out of government, must bear the burden. The solutions we seek must be equitable with no one group singled out to pay a higher price. Mm -hmm. We hear much going? of special interest groups. Well, our concern must be for a special interest group that has been too long neglected. It knows no sectional boundaries or ethnic and racial divisions, and it crosses political party lines. It is made up of men and women who raise our food, patrol our streets, farmers, man our farmers that they're trying to take the land away from and tax over carbon bullshit, police that they're trying to defund. Mines and factories teach our children. Mines and factories that they've idled for health restrictions. Children keep our home. Teachers that they've co-opted with this nonsense social justice warrior agenda. Critical race theory. Let's bring some drag queens into the classroom. And indoctrinate your, your kindergartner with this bullshit. And heal us when we're sick. And doctors that are now forcing deadly vaccines. Boy, this is really going great, Ron. 
really working out great here. Can we call this a failed experiment yet, or do you morons want to keep going? Professionals, industrialists, shopkeepers, clerks. Professionals in the industrial, the billionaire class. What did they add? Four and a half trillion to their fortunes. Wait, no, I think, sorry. 5.5 trillion <clears throat> as the wealth divide grows deeper. Of course, what did the people lose? Four point something, seven trillion, I think it is. So had a nice little wealth transfer there from the poor to the, from the newly poor to the newly very much richer. It's a great, great system for them. They really, really like it. Don't want it to change. Cabbies and truck drivers. They oh, the truck drivers that they ran out and arrested, seized their rigs. Are in short, we the people. Mm -hmm. This breed called Americans. Well, this administration's objective will be a healthy, vigorous, growing economy that provides equal opportunities for all Americans with no barriers born of bigotry or discrimination. Unless you're an undocumented that comes in, then we'll set you up with a hotel, a taxpayer expense, all sorts of bennies. It'll be great. Come on over. Putting America back to work means putting all Americans back to work. Ending inflation means freeing all Americans from the terror of runaway living costs. How's that going? How's y'all's living costs these days? They going up? All or did they fix this problem? Did he fix this problem? What do you think? Share in the productive work of this new beginning and all must share in the bounty of a revived economy. With the idealism and fair play, which are the core of our system and our strength, we can have a strong and prosperous America at peace with itself and the world. So as we begin... Oh, we're very peaceful these days, aren't we? Don't have conflicts going on anywhere, do we? They're all proxy wars funded through terrorist groups, but that's fine. It's working out great. Let us take inventory. $60 billion to Ukraine. We are a nation that has a government, not the other way around. And this makes us special among the nations of the earth. A small, limited government. You know, it's an experiment, right? It's turned out to be the largest government in recorded history. Our government has no power except that granted it by the people. Mm-hmm. It is time. No, it has the power granted it by itself through its willingness to enact violence and coercion on others. And by the way, he was a better actor than he was a president because here's Ronald Reagan's budget. He grew the government by 186%, $2.8 trillion. Of course, Donald Trump added 27 or sorry, uh, six, I'm sorry, Reagan did uh, $1.8 trillion. Trump did $6.8 trillion. Obama, $8.3 trillion. George W. Bush, $6.1 trillion. William Clinton, $1.4 trillion. His, his son, Bush, during 9-11, spent 105%, grew the government by 105%. 
You've got uh, down here Roosevelt, 1,047%. Got Woodrow Wilson, 722%. That was a great one. You got Lincoln for the Civil War, 2,859%. He borrowed $2.5 trillion. Wow, kind of a lot there, Abe. And cost a half million lives to do something that the Quakers and the Great British Empire did without a war, without those senseless, needless deaths. And this just goes to show you that this whole thing about small, limited governments is nonsense. None of them practice what they preach. Oh, yeah, I can't blow it up that big. Sorry. And it's not a Republican thing. It's not a Democrat thing. The Republicans are not small government. They all grow the government by a tremendous amount. They are just lying to you and gaslighting you, and they have been for coming up on 250 years. How long are you suckers going to keep falling for if we can just get the right people in? That will fix it. Reagan was a better actor than he was a politician or a president because he talked a good game, but when it comes down to it, he was a big government tyrant who grew the government by 186%. Donald Trump spent almost three and a half, four times as much. Grew the government by a third. (laughs) Wake up, people. Wake up. Okay. I want to go to Archmedic's blog uh, here arcmedic.substack.com he's um, he's written something about Gilead it's uh, it's a blog post that really kind of lays out some interesting things here I want you guys to be aware of and he's actually he's I think he's getting funnier here as the posts go along because now he's he's talking about these two scientists one that's a university you know on the payroll of the pharma cartels and the other one works for the NIH And he says, I made a picture of them. Shilgen is the one that looks like Jack Black meets Mr. Potato Head. And Fraud, the one that looks like the love child of Chuck Norris and Steve Jobs. And he says, sorry, but it's true. And he's right. It is pretty funny. Uh, He says, some information came to me from a colleague in the last few days that has cemented everything that I have come to learn about where science and medicine is going. Unless this changes quickly, it will end badly. And this gets into kind of the title, the topic of tonight's show, right? We've been touching on it, dancing around it, but this is a very clear indication that he's very concerned about. Generation of women exposed to the SARS-CoV-2 spike protein could be at significant risk of ovarian and breast cancer. And the two bearded PhDs in in influential positions went out of their way to make sure that information was buried. These two beardos in question are Eric O. Friedman of the NIH, and here's his uh, page at the NIH, and his contact details right there. Whoops. Me. Can make that a little bigger for you. Uh, His efreed, F-R-E-E-D, at mail.nih.gov, and his phone number, his office number is 301-846-6223. For those of you that want to reach out and share your thoughts with Eric, I would encourage that. 
let him know what you think about what he's done here, what we're about to read and uncover for you. Ironically, he's a cancer researcher, and Oliver, I'm going to call him Shilgen, but Shildgen, head of molecular pathology at the private university of Britain. Uh, he's a Nederlander in, in the Netherlands. I made a picture of them. Okay. Yeah. If my suspicions are correct, the paper that I'm going to discuss shows that women in every developed country are at risk of a tsunami of women's cancers. And this is a BRCA gene mutation. He's giving the case of Angelina Jolie who had a mastectomy to reduce her risk because she had this BRCA mutation that makes them far more likely to become cancerous. And uh, this was something that we talked about with this VDJ uh, recombination study that came out a while ago. And I think it was Dr. Cole that was one of the first people that I saw talking about it. And this gets into BRCA and P53. The BRCA gene is really important. It is part of the homog homogolous recombination DNA repair pathway, which is one of the mechanisms that the body uses to stop your cells turning cancerous in response to environmental stress. And why, and which is why women with BRCA mutations are at a much higher risk of breast and ovarian cancer than those without it. Okay. The most important component of this pathway is P53. Now he's got this chart here. These always lose me. They're a little bit over my head. I don't have enough depth to understand this, but you can kind of see down here a few uh, drop downs in. You, there's a strand of DNA going across and there's BRCA1 and 2 and that's uh, noted with platinum chemotherapy. I don't know why. And then kind of up here at the top part, you've got this, you've got these double-stranded damage things that are going through this DNA damage checkpoint control. And that's where you see the uh, TP53, that's P53. ATM, I definitely know what that one is. ATR, I'm not sure about the rest. It would probably take me an entire day to like digest this and understand it and explain what it's showing. But anyway, P53, BRCA, uh, line one regulation, this whole thing is all important. It has to do with these, with this DNA validation. It's like a checksum on a file that tells you, yep, the file was copied correctly. Uh, it's good to go. Or, no, we've got an error and we need to get rid of that and start over. Uh, most important component of this pathway is P53 or TP53. It's called the guardian of the genome. Without it, you're going to get cancer before most other people. And you can see we've got these two charts right here. And after the age of 40, the BRCA1 that have that mutation, that gene flipped in the wrong way, like the Borla cartel was figurehead was mentioning earlier, you can see it starts to climb here and goes up and up and up and up and up and up. And they have a like a 40, over 40% uh, ovarian cancer risk. And the BRCA2 carriers top out a little, probably it looks like about 18% into their 70s. Um, so it's clearly, there's a link there. There's a problem with cancer. SARS-CoV-2 spike impairs DNA damage repair and inhibits VDJ recombination in vitro. Now, this was the study that we talked about that showed an interference in P53. It's known as the Jang study. On the face of it, it has nothing to do with ovarian cancer or breast cancer. It's about lymphocytes, part of the immune system. 
VDJ recombination is one of the coolest things in nature. It is the mechanism behind the body's creation of immunity, or what we used to call immunity before Fauci and the WHO changed the definition. It's how T and B cells magically create new proteins to neutralize nasty bugs. And they've got some diagrams here, but it's essentially it's just a way to the body's keeping everything um, in check here. It also has something really important in common with our, our ovarian cancer pathway in that it relies on DNA strand breakage and repair. It's essential to the process. It's the same process seen in the P53 dependent ovarian and breast cancer. Okay. So when Jang and me designed an experiment to look at the possibility that SARS-CoV-2 proteins might impact this pathway in lymphocytes, they were doing an experiment that was of vital importance to the world's population. What did they find? Well, the spike protein obliterated the DNA repair mechanism in lymphocytes. The level of HR efficiency, this is homologous repair efficiency, that's the ability of the cell to repair the DNA that gets damaged. The spike protein was so toxic to this pathway that it knocked 90% of it out. This is an environment that is almost guaranteed to cause cancer. And we've looked at this study previously in the show. Here's the very low one with the arrow saying from not good pointing down on it is showing that 90% reduction in that HR function, the ability of the cell to repair damaged DNA. The spikes reducing it by 90%, whereas some of these other ones not really doing much. Okay. So does that, does it matter that if they hung around long enough, the spikes would stop your cells production protection mechanism against cancer? Well, no, provided the stuff, the protein that it makes didn't hang around long, didn't get into the nucleus and didn't get into the ovaries. Fortunately, if you get infected with the said virus and your immune system is working, the spike protein should be rapidly neutralized. So you shouldn't be at risk of those cancers from a COVID-19 infection, but what if you really, really don't want in this scenario, what you really, really don't want in this scenario is number one, the spike protein in the vicinity of the nucleus where the DNA repair happens. Number two, the spike protein be, to be continually produced. And number three, a full length artificial spike protein matching the viral spike because we don't know which bit of the spike protein is causing this effect. Well, guess what? It just so happens that there is a genetic therapy currently in production that number one introduces the spike protein to be produced in and around the cell nucleus in the endoplasmic reticulum, the ER, right next to the nucleus. Number two, produced it for at least 60 days and almost certainly longer. We like haven't found when it stops getting produced yet. I'm still waiting. I mean, it certainly lowers and drops off. I think it was after a month or so. And number three produces the full-length spike exactly matching amino acid for amino acid, which it does minus the 2P substitution to prevent the misfolding, which apparently made it completely safe, but paid no attention to the GP1, GP120 HIV inserts at the binding sites in these key locations where they could infect and, and damage other cells. But hold on, uh, I hear you say, all those clever commentators on my social media feed keep saying that the spike doesn't get into the nucleus, don't they? And they debunked the Jang story on this basis, didn't they? Right, because this paper was discredited, it was pulled from the journal, total disgrace. What did these authors do? The Jang study simply reproduced what Pfizer had already done, for, for proving beyond all doubt that the spike protein gets into the nucleus. Blue is the nucleus. 
Uh, bright green is the spike protein. Now he's referring to some diagrams down here. You can see on the far left over here, there's the, the blue picture. Those are nucleuses of a cell. You can see the green where they use this HIS tag. These are immunofluorescence dyes that will affect certain parts of things to show the spike protein. And then in the far right one right here, you can see that those two are merged. The spike is completely in the nucleus. There is no doubt. And to reinforce this, the fact that the study showed 90% inhibition of P53 activity means that it had to be active in the nucleus because that's where P53 lives. And of course, he's talking about this chart right here. Yes, here come the skeptics again. Yes, but those nice government people that lied about all the other stuff that the spike protein from the vaccine doesn't get into the nucleus, right? They didn't lie about that, did they? Of course not. Of course not. This next picture is from the TGA's document referenced above. From the preclinical studies of the Pfizer mRNA vaccine, this is the document that the TGA had before they authorized these products. The EMA, MHRA, and FDA had the same documents. And what is it showing? Same thing. This, this shows spike protein in green within the nucleus in blue. And you can kind of see that's right here, the, the combination of the two. There's the little green bits around it. And the blue is the nucleus. But that's just a one-off, right? Well, wrong. Here's the equivalent slide from the TGA non-clinical evaluation report showing the spike protein being produced in the ER near the nucleus. Same kind of thing. Okay, so it gets into the nucleus, but it, and of course, what were the CDC talking points? The mRNA does not go into the nucleus. Never quite mentioned the spike. I wonder why. Because they knew that it does. They knew the potential, the danger that that posed, and they just didn't care. They said it only lasts hours or days and then disintegrates. That's true, isn't it? No. In fact, it was shown in a huge study by one of the most respected molecular biology groups in the world at Stanford. They showed that the RNA was still present and active after 60 days. Other researchers have shown that that activity beyond 28 days and others even longer. So it's a thing. It doesn't break down in two days. That was a lie. Remember the uh, Trey or whatever the guy was that was like the academic who talked about oh it's like ice cubes it melts in the body only last two days no that was complete bullshit up to eight weeks post-vaccination they're finding mrna ready to go and transfect your cells and start pumping out toxic spike bioweapons into your body post-vaccination so now we have the mrna vaccines producing the same full-length spike protein entering the nucleus where zhang and may prove uh, proved that the protein stops DNA repair, i.e. induces a cancer risk, especially in women, in lymphocytes. Well, Jang didn't make a mistake, and the mistake he made was to admit that the paper, that there was a possibility or probability that because the vaccine spike was the same as the virus spike, the vaccine had a real risk of causing cancer-inducing changes in DNA. Well, you see, you are not allowed to do that, because that will upset the pharma cartels whose advertising funds nearly every major medical journal. Spike protein localizes in the nucleus, inhibits DNA repair damage. That's from the study, this VDJ recombination study. Potential side effects of full-length spike-based vaccines. So that's where he just kind of referenced that maybe there's a risk and we should look at this, what any scientist should do. 
Once this paper was published, it started dawning on people and mice what the implications were. And this is Jicky the mouse saying, if you think having a P53 inhibiting protein production factory at the very site of the body most affected by P53 related cancers is nothing to worry about, you really haven't been paying attention. And this meant that the medical establishment had to act because we can't have all those pesky mice to let it slip that this novel therapy making the medical establishment tens of billions of dollars actually is going to put down every is going to put every woman that takes it at risk of cancers that are unique to them, can we? So within two months, Fraud and Shilgen submitted the most ridiculous expression of concern he's ever seen. They weren't happy with the study design, suggesting that the author of the paper had expressed concerns. This was false, and it was fraud who had raised the concerns. That's this guy right here. Works for the NIH. Says, and this is from the letter that they wrote. One of the authors had raised concerns regarding the methodology employed in the study, the conclusions drawn, and the insufficient consideration of laboratory staff and resources. So who's Eric Fried? Well, he's a bigwig at NIH, the same NIH that funded Moderna. Oh, crap. <laughs> One of the pharma companies producing COVID-19 mRNA vaccines. An obvious conflict of interest. Did he declare this conflict? No, of course not. Uh, he just needed the paper gone. Oliver Shilgen, Mr. Potato Head, is not only listed as the academic editor he had declared, uh, who had declared disclosures with nearly every major pharma company and other papers. There's all of them. He didn't declare that his finding comes from the foundation, including uh, Frencius, another huge German pharma corporation. But the weirdest thing about Professor Professor Shilgen is that he was the actual editor of the study of the journal that accepted the paper. There he is listed in the paper right over there. It's highlighted in yellow. Academic editor, Officer Shilgen. Presumably ensuring that in October it met the high standard of scientific merit and probably required and pro probability required, yet in December it didn't. Like months later, two months later, he just all of a sudden changes his mind. Yeah, the same guy that supervised the peer review. Remember the academic? Gotten a lot of feedback from the academic? No, they've used them as tools to suppress and hide the truth. While gaslighting you ladies into early graves. Yeah, the same guy that supervised the peer review of this paper, then within two months, co-authors an expression of concern about the paper that he approved for publication. <laughs> Clearly, he needs to resign. This is not good enough for an editor who then makes no commentary about his role in the paper's publication or its retraction. The first author, spike protein, plasma. So there's some complicated stuff in here. He's going to actually break it down. I'll spare you reading that. Bearing in mind that the highlighted first author re refers to Eric Fraud of the NIH and not Jang, here's my translation of Fraud's trumped-up claims. One, I'm not happy that you used the HIS tag to show that the spike protein was in the nucleus because it gives the game away. Totally appropriate method, and he's got a link to a study showing that that's what, indeed, how it should be done. 
Number two, I'm not happy that you used a totally established and standard GFP reporter system for the same reason, even though I've written about its extensive use. And he's got a link to where he's authored a paper talking about that's the appropriate method to use. Number three, all experimental designs have the possibility of ambiguity in the result. I'm only bothered by this one and haven't complained about the other papers using the same method. And he's got a link to some of the other papers using the same methods. Number four, these are objections by these two fraudsters, pharmaceutical cartel payroll, uh, likely on the payroll somehow through some kind of connection. I know that you didn't state the impact of vaccines on this pathway, merely raised theoretical concerns, but I'm going to make out that you did and then ask you to retract the article based on the claim that you did. This is what this guy came in and did to the Zhang paper. Because why? Well, he's the NIH. I realized that you stated that you didn't use the full-length spike protein and that it was Pfizer and Moderna's responsibility to do exactly these experiments. But I'm going to make out the fact that no genotoxicity experiments were performed for these vaccines. It's actually, is actually your problem, not theirs. Well, you should have done those studies, not the manufacturer. Number six, I'm going to frame the whole thing and think of this in terms of Elizabeth Holmes and how she was responding to the Wall Street Journal articles. This is exactly the same technique. I'm going to frame the whole thing as though your conclusions are not valid and even though conclusions in scientific paper are solely the domain of the authors of the paper, I'm going to say that your conclusions don't count and you will have to retract the paper and I have the NIH behind me so you don't stand a chance. Because science. Despite this ridiculous and and politically motivated attack on the paper and no suggestion of fraud, Oliver Shilgens said nothing but joined forces with fraud so so that it was not so obvious that it was the NIH who didn't like this paper. See, they got their academic fixer, payrollee, to, uh, you know, why don't you jump on board here and help us out with this one. This is a massive conflict of interest and is not only unscientific, but arguably unethical for one person to have so much clout that they can order a paper retracted on a whim. This is why we cannot have government touching medicine, healthcare, anything critical. Because over time, they will be co-opted and controlled and manipulated. And it is us who are paying for this. Not just with our money, but with our lives and our health and our children and families and loved ones. So what now? Well, the spike protein is circulating in large quantities in the direct vicinity of the cell's nucleus for elongated periods of time, has the potential to induce cancers in those cells. Which cells are the most likely to be affected? Any that are known to be affected by P53 and BRCA. Abnormalities, ovary, pancreas, breast, prostate, lymph nodes. These cancers can take years to develop, and so it's possible that we don't see much of a safety signal for five to ten years. I suspect that will be in that three to five year window because of all the other things that are being downregulated and attacked. I mean, your, your immune system is just so suppressed by this thing. I don't think it's going to take five to ten years. It might, though. And then Pfizer and Moderna will claim that it was COVID or lockdowns or that caused the deluge of women's and some men's cancers. By then, of course, we might be living under a new normal touted by so many of our world leaders and health chiefs, the WHO and the 30 for 30 nonsense and climate change bullshit and all this other stuff. 
With people like Freed, Fraud, and Shilgen in charge, imagine what kind of medical dystopia we look forward to when the very people who we rely on to keep us safe or at least be honest and transparent in their attempts instead ordain the suffering of a generation of women not far from Gilead, really. And he's drawing on, of course, the Handmaiden Tales where the strange virus affected women's ability to have children, which is exactly what we're seeing now. And the government just goes ultra-fundamentalist and decides, well, we're going we're gonna to need to go ahead for your safety, collect all your children, and we're going to turn those over to the bureaucrats in the government to take care of and raise because, you know, they are our supreme leaders. And by the way, all the women that can get pregnant, we're going to need to round y'all up and we're going to pimp you out to various party leaders to have these weird threesome orgies with your wife where they try and knock you up uh, so that you can be forced to give your baby over to them. Doesn't really seem that far-fetched given what we're going into at this point, does it? Given what they've done to the human race. And what they continue to do, because again, as long as they keep these shots going and these vaccination programs going, the longer you're going to have the vaccinated out there in the wild taking 15 days to clear COVID instead of a few days, like we see in the unvaccinated. You know, Igor, we've covered his some of his articles. He predicted that Biden would catch COVID. Why? Because Paxlovid stops the viral replication for five days and then you take it but because biden's vaccinated he doesn't clear it for 15 days so then what happens the reinfection just resets and it takes four days before it shows up on the test or five days i think and he called it there's a tweet you can go out and look where four days before it was announced that biden caught covid that's exactly what he said was going to happen because he knows and we understand exactly what's been done to them by these shots Biden has taken this thing, folks. The two beardos. Oh, no. Sorry, we read that. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Let me see here. So that's Eric O'Fried, PhD. He's with the NIH and efreed, F-R-E-E-D, at mail.nih.gov. Take out your phone right now. Bring up an email. Click compose. Type in the two, efreed, at mail.nih.gov and share your thoughts. Call his office phone, leave him a voicemail and share your thoughts about what he's done here to cover up the truth. And I know there's quite a few Nederlanders in the audience. Same thing with Professor Oliver here, the shill, the pharma shill. His contact info is down here at the bottom and you can find this in our, the links to these two profile pages in Archimedic's feed. I'm not going to attempt to read his email address, but it's it's right there. A uh, <laughs> bunch of Dutch words, rather long, but there it is. And his number, 0221-8907-2343. Let these people know that we know, that we know what they did, that we know what they're doing, and that we know what's happening to people. Because they're the ones who are responsible for some of these, this death and destruction. And it has to be stopped because we're all at risk. As long as these spikes are being pumped out by the vaccinated 
as long as COVID's going around and circulating and circulating because the vaccinated are taking 15 days to clear it and we can't get rid of it and they're driving all the new variants, this thing will never end. And with each time that you catch COVID, again, going back to what uh, GigaOne Biological was saying and Walter was saying, so another, you run another risk of autoimmune disease and death because now you've got the spike interacting with the immune system, with these antibodies, and you create the wrong antibodies against this thing and you're done. So it is Russian roulette every time you catch COVID. Every time you're around the vaccinated, you're picking up spike. Here's a study. Of course, it's good news, right, for the vaccine recipients. Vaccine, vaccine effectiveness against SARS-CoV-2 infection with the Omicron or Delta variants? Showing a real good benefit here. One study provides evidence of protection against infection uh, with the Omicron variant after completion of a primary vaccination series with Pfizer or Moderna vaccines. In particular, they found a VE vaccine effectiveness against the Omicron variant of 55.2% and 30 with Pfizer and 36.7% with Moderna in the first month, right? Well, what happens after that? Um, Oh, they don't tell you in the summary. Well, okay, let's go ahead and look at the full text then. And, uh, oh, hold on. Let me get that to show up, hopefully. Oh, well, oh, here it is. Okay. Well, gee, it looks like kind of weird. Uh, with Pfizer, you get some, protect, you've got the little blue dots there kind of arcing their way down, but up in the high percentage, that's Delta strain. That's not really circulating anymore. Omicron's in green. You can see the little bars there. First month looks pretty good for Pfizer. Not so much for Moderna. I mean, they've got this big line, which means you had some people in the negative, looks like 60%, 70% efficacy. And so most of them, though, were up around 50%. Uh, really, that looks like 40, 40%. <laughs> and then the next month, it shrinks a little bit. And then the third one, it's almost gone. It's down 25%. And that fourth month, woo, that's a woozy for both of them. Looks like Pfizer's down in the 60, 70, negative 70%. And Moderna's down in the negative uh, 30% range. Negative, meaning people who got boosted four months later in the 90 to 150 day range after vaccination, more likely to catch COVID and have it longer, and get sicker from it. Get yours today, folks. What are you waiting on? Really? Of course, can we find these details anywhere? Oh, boy. Uh, I've got a tweet somewhere. I don't know if I'll be able to find it because I've gotten a little bit. I just have so much stuff to cover tonight. Um... Boy, I don't know. Um, bear with me for one second here. See if I can find it. Biden. No. Uh, maybe it's on. Well, anyway, it was like negative 76% and I think negative 36% for Pfizer after four months. And they didn't disclose that in the full text either. 
I guess you had to download the PDF or request their study data to get the actual numbers, which is what somebody did, and then tweeted it out. And I don't know if I've got it here somewhere or not. I don't think so, unfortunately. No. Okay. So. Biden may have. Yeah, here we are. Biden may have more explaining to do. The new questions stem from taped remarks of Biden during an April campaign appearance in New Hampshire. I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. Went back to law school and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only needed 123 credits. Biden now concedes he did not graduate in the top half of his law school class, that he does not have three degrees from college, and that he was not named outstanding political science student in college. Newsweek says Biden actually went to school on a half scholarship, ended up near the bottom of his class, and won only one degree, not three. Joe Biden ranked 76th in a class of 85 at the University of Syracuse Law School. I mean, this guy comes off this whole thing as a flyweight. Now Biden says Newsweek is right. His memory had failed him. And I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to you. Oh, his memory failed him. How's his memory doing these days? Here he is challenging a guy to, to compare his IQ. If you'd like, Frank. Joe Biden was victimized by the truth. Bye-bye, Biden. He may not know it yet, but I think this is very diff- going to yep, be very difficult. He's definitely to done. Recover it. Is Joe Biden dead meat, yes or no? Yeah, he's so. finished. Bob, it's in terminal condition. Terminal. Eleanor. Yes, unless he comes in third in Iowa. <laughs> Morton. Dying. I say dead. How'd that work out, guys? In government, you fail up especially when you're corrupt and you'll do the bidding of the masters, the cabal running this government behind the scenes. Of course, we've also found out two decades of Alzheimer's research was based on deliberate fraud by two scientists that has cost billions of dollars and millions of lives. Haven't even dug into this one yet, but apparently they faked a bunch of data and that's been the basis for all this research. And it was a giant fraud. Surprise. While belching is widely considered to be rude, livestock don't seem to care. All day, every day, they burp. But it's not the act of burping that's the problem. It is the methane that they release into our atmosphere. The average cow emits a whopping 220 pounds of methane gas a day. Wow. That sounds like an amazing number. So amazing, in fact, that I looked up, how much does methane gas weigh? Turns out it's 0.0000013 grams per cubic centimeter, which means 220 pounds would be 180 million cubic centimeters of pure methane gas. If you convert that, that's 180 cubic meters of methane gas per day, per cow. For Americans, that's a cube that goes 600 feet that way, 600 feet that way, and 600 feet up in the air of pure methane gas coming out of one cow in one day. Does that sound reasonable? Or maybe 
Maybe as part of this reset agenda, they're just trying to make meat even more expensive by applying new taxes on these farmers. Well, New Zealand is doing something about it by taxing burping livestock. Mike Drolet explains. With the population of just 5 million, New Zealand's carbon footprint is relatively small. Its hoof print, however, is through the roof. And now, in a world first, New Zealand farmers will have to pay a tax for every one of the methane-emitting 10 million cattle and 26 million sheep that roam the scenic countryside. The farmers will be able to mitigate their tax burden if they lower emissions by modernizing their operations. Where the program could fail is if farmers pick up and move their operations to another country. When you shut down farms and they go someplace else, then that doesn't mean that the demand for these products that these farms used to produce. This is why we need global government, of course. Has to be the solution, doesn't it? <laughs> All right. I don't know what I was supposed to jump over to here. Let me see. Well, we'll hit this real quick. Trudeau showed up. And well, apparently him going to this pub and taking a bunch of photos that got posted to Instagram. That could have a negative impact on the business, which is really quite disappointing. He got this guy, the bar owner got attacked and uh, berated online and people were calling and, you know, saying we're not going to go to your business anymore. And really, I think it's a matter of time if this continues before places that Trudeau shows up at end up getting firebombed. Like that's, that's how these resistances form because you can't fight the state. They're too big and powerful. So you fight their supporters and make it really uncomfortable for them to exist in the world. And it generally escalates from there. And that's probably where we're going, especially with all these aggressive people who have this brain damage from the prions, from the spike, crossing the blood-brain barrier, which is what the lipid nano complex was designed to do, deliver drugs to the brain, which means it's transfecting cells in your brain, causing apoptosis there as well. But it's fine. It's fine. And then we've got another politician offering solutions here. Ted Cruz talking about the border crisis. I want you to listen. Maybe. <laughs> Let me reload this page and see if this is going to come up. Oh, boy. Okay. Give this just so I'm down in the Rio Grande Valley. It's a little bit past midnight. We're on the southern border. We've been here. We've already seen multiple groups of illegal aliens apprehended, although apprehended doesn't really capture it because they come and turn themselves in. The first group we saw was three teenagers, two boys and a girl from Guatemala and Mexico. After that, we saw a group of women and children it included two little girls, each of whom were seven years old, each of whom told us they were unaccompanied, that they had come from Guatemala without an adult, without a parent. Over and over and over again behind us is another group that was apprehended. And this keeps happening night after night after night. 
this is not humane. What monster would allow policies that result in seven-year-old girls being handed over to human traffickers? We saw a patch of grass not far from the river. For just a few weeks ago, they'd found two little girls aged five and six, both of whom have been raped. This is wrong. This is wrong. Yep, we can't it is. keep ignoring it. And when you, oh, when you take away their path, you know, what, what did it used to be? We'll write your name down wrong in this book, quarantine you for three days, make sure you're safe, and then you're good to go. Welcome to America. Now what is it? Lawyers, several years, $50,000. Come on in. Down by Unless you're illegal and then we can count on you for your votes to manipulate our system, then come on in. We'll give you a free hotel, free meals, and try and get you a job somewhere. The river. In just a few minutes, these are the wristbands I found. A white wristband. A blue wristband white, pink, and a yellow. You look at the yellow wristband. That obviously was around the arm of a child, a young child. These wristbands correspond to what the colors indicate how much the illegal immigrants have paid the cartels and how many thousands of dollars more they owe them the drug cartels that your war on drugs that you still haven't won have no date for completion can't seem to do anything to stop has created and of course what's the crisis now on american streets well it's fentanyl where does fentanyl can't come from well the same driver that created hard liquor during prohibition the bootleggers figured out hey you know what if we concentrate this if we distill this down into a more pure form, we can fit more liquor, more alcohol per load and make a higher profit. You get a kilo of black tar heroin, thousand doses. I have no idea how many doses that is, but I guarantee you, you put that next to a kilo of fentanyl and you've got millions, if not tens or hundreds of millions of doses because a tiny little speck is enough for an overdose. It's concentrated heroin. It's a concentrated drug. And it is a direct result of this man's policies, of these failed ideologies. You can't stop the black market. You can try. You can spend a lot of money doing it. There are trillions of dollars into it, 50, 60 years now, and they haven't fixed it, keep making announcements like they're making a dent, but they ain't doing shit. Drugs are cheaper and more available, purer and in higher quantities, concentrations than they've ever been. And these are the organizations that are now doing human trafficking. Congratulations. You're a victim of your own policy and you're sitting here expecting us to believe that you're the person to solve it. You fucking created it, Ted. Open your eyes, pal. This is a problem that your policies created 
But please don't, I mean, don't think that you should, I don't know, go a different direction on the drug war because it's failed and it's not working. No, let's keep the CIA black budgets funded, flush with cash so that they can do their thing because that's working out really well, isn't it? I mean, this is these people have no solutions to offer you. You need to wake up to that reality. Speaking of which, well, let me see. Yeah. <sighs> this is a documentary. It's called Out, Out of the Shadows, official documentary, uh, outoftheshadows.org. Don't try and share that on Facebook because here's what they'll do. Oh, message failed to send. Try again. Oh, message failed to send. Try again until you take it, put a space in it so it's not recognized as a URL. And then all of a sudden you can share it. So they sit here and tell us out of the shadows, official documentary banned by YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and PayPal. Well done, gentlemen. (laughs) This is an excellent video that really shows you how manipulated and controlled our whole society is from the media. And I don't just mean the news and the mainstream media. I mean, movies, television shows, uh, actors, athletes, so much of that is manipulated and controlled how these people are leveraged by folks like Jeffrey Epstein. It's all in here. This thing's very comprehensive. As I do my research, I began to understand there's a very small group. This guy was a stuntman in Hollywood, and he's telling kind of his story. Group of people that influence all the companies that we watch. So they used to call them the big six. But Disney just bought Fox, and Disney controls Marvel, and Disney owns Lucas Studios. So look at that giant audience right here. Say a small group of people control the narratives and the content that we all see on all the channels. It makes you feel like, oh, I have lots of choices, but you don't. Who's telling them what to put on those channels? Where does that lead? Tonight, the FBI is on the case and they are warning big companies in America to protect their data after a big Hollywood studio. And that's where a bunch of the emails came out and there there was more to that than the whole cover story of, well, they made that movie about North Korea and they got very mad and they hacked us and that was it. No, there's a little more to, to it than meets the eye. And this is really excellent film. I highly recommend it. Outoftheshadows.org. You can go and watch that. Okay. We're going to skip that. Uh, let me go back here and see. I think a couple more things I wanted to cover here. Of course, um, Australia's heating up faster than the rest of the world. South Pole is warming up three times faster than the rest of the Earth's study shows. So they've come out and put this study and given all of these places where it's heating up faster than everywhere else when the reality is the world's been cooling for the last 15 years. So what are they going to do? They're going to pick out the anomalies and try and play that as if that's the clear and present danger when it's not. And what we have going on is weather manipulation by these various governments that takes rain from one place, puts it in another. They can create heat waves. They can create deluges of rain. They can do all of these things. And I think that is the new warfare. It's economic, it's weather, it's um, 
path pathogenic. That's the new battlefield, and we're on it, folks. That's what you have to realize. Meanwhile, here in the TSB Bank in Walkinstown, and people are furious. There's nobody in the bank. <clears throat> People want help and need help, elderly people, etc. I'm not going to put the people on camera, but you can hear their voices. People, are you happy with the TSB service? No. no? What about you? No. They can't get their money? Are you happy with the service in here? No. no. no? Uh, are you happy with the service in here? Everybody is upstairs and there's nobody in the bank. I wonder what's happening. Maybe they can't get people either because they're out sick because they're vaccinated. This whole system, top to bottom, is falling apart. Been telling you, have some cash, have some crypto, have some silver. Really important to have all three in these times that we're going through because this is going to become more and more common as the system breaks down. Get ready for it. But there are offices here. The bank is clearly open, and this is going on and on and on. People cannot get access to their own money. Uh, one customer here hasn't clearly has an account, and um, when she rings customer service or she goes on online banking, they're saying you haven't got an account. So something is going wrong with Irish banking all over. Okay, they have your bank money in the bank, and these people cannot access their own money. Today is Wednesday. Okay, and people have been in here several times this week trying to gain access to their own money. They can't even get anyone online to speak to. They can't get anyone to speak to when they ring. The manager's upstairs hiding. The lady in there said that she had more, blue mortar in here, did you? Yeah. The last time you were here? Yeah. Got nowhere, did you? Did yeah. you send a complaint in? A, yeah, I did, and I got an apology eventually. But, but it's still not. But it's still the same? Yeah. And the yeah. apology, you still didn't, you yeah. can't gain access yeah. to your money? Yeah. yeah. Right, so she doesn't want her face on camera. Nobody does. But this is Walkinstown TSB. It's an absolute disgrace. People need to start complaining and people need to do something about this. So I'm going to start pressing buttons and I'm trying to ring on phones and no one's coming down from upstairs. The manager needs to be sacked. Yeah, a lot of good that'll do. Hmm. The system's collapsing. <clears throat> you need to recognize that the system is collapsing and prepare and act accordingly, folks. There's no one coming to fix this. No one. Government will be there, though, to fine you in Australia. This is, I think, from 2015, something ridiculous. If you're running along the beach without a helmet on because you might fall and hit your head and they're there to protect you by fining you if you're not running with a helmet on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, they, I mean, they are so reasonable and respectful of your rights and freedoms and liberties and your choices. Nothing quite says it like that right there. Of course, we also found out Ray Epps is married. I believe this is true. I haven't been able to verify it, but Robin Epps is his wife. Now they moved from their home in Phoenix to an RV park somewhere in Colorado because People were calling Ray Epps because he's obviously the FBI plant. He was on the most wanted list. He's an informant. He's the one that encouraged everybody. we got to go into the Capitol. We're going into the Capitol. Everybody's going into the Capitol. And they wanted to talk to him. 
until he was identified. And then it turns out, oh, no, we're never talking about him again, said the FBI. Well, they didn't say they just stopped. And he's never been brought up on charges and everything's fine, even though he was organizing an insurrection because he was a paid FBI instigator. And they don't want to acknowledge that because the whole January 6th narrative falls apart when that's realized. The whole January 6th narrative falls apart when we figure out who opened the doors for the protesters that were let in on the backside that let the masses of the people into the Capitol. Well, it turns out she's National Director of Sales and Development at Dominion Enterprises, which is Dominion Voting is a division of. Yep, those are the, the voting machines from the election. Are you still believing there is such a thing as coincidence? Or maybe a criminal network? Which one do you think, folks? Are you paying attention? Massachusetts, and I have a lot of friends in the National Guard. Uh, one of them's an E-8, actually a couple of them are E-7s. And... Uh- Now, this is a little hearsay, conspiratorial. I want you to listen to it anyway. I found it interesting. Someone sent it to me right before the show. Um, They're talking about (coughs) National Guard exercises. Those go on this time of year every summer. I usually see a train of uh, Chinooks fly, you know, five or six long, fly back and forth uh, across the, the farm at a pretty low altitude. Um going, you know, going to their summer training every year. And so that's what he's talking about. They've been called out to DC. Now the change, they talk about it being indefinite. They're, they're telling them now you're, it was going to be for two weeks. Now it's indefinite. That might be because of the illegal immigrants and the, the DC mayor declaring this supposed emergency because of the illegal immigrants. And so we need the national guard here indefinitely. Well, this might be what they're doing. These are like unconfirmed reports, again, take it with a grain of salt, but it plays into a lot of other things uh, that I think suggest the same, that something, uh, another false flag, 9-11 style attack that might take out the White House. Remember, they did those shape charges on the second floor to soften up the structure so that it would collapse completely. And of course, we've got Biden who moved down to the office down the street, right? Because it because COVID, right? It's, it's COVID. Listen to this. Uh, one of them called his wife, who are good friends with the family, and told us, you know, he's, he was sent out to training two weeks ago. He was only supposed to be there for a week. So we get, he, his wife gets a phone call, and he's telling her, hey, listen, I'm going to be out here longer. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here, but there's something I got to tell you. And she says, what? And he says, listen, they have us doing a lot of weird stuff. He said, I've been out here training at night. And for the last week, we've been doing night training, and he said, basically, quote-unquote, training. They have us loading live ordnance into the back of trucks under the complete cover of darkness. They're not allowed to use any flashlights. The buildings where they're getting the ordnance from, they're not allowed to have lights on. The trucks are not allowed to have lights on, and they're only allowed to use night vision. And he tells his wife, he said, hey, listen, you got to tell our friends, and I want you to do this. You need to go get extra batteries, and you need to fill up the gas cans for the generator and go get more gas cans. He said, there's a lot of rumors floating around. I don't know what's going to happen. Now, I have other friends in and I would, I would echo gas. I think now's a good time. I think another leg down in this controlled demolition, this collapse is, you know, inbound in the next few weeks. Uh, whether it's Biden dying or 
some kind of economic catastrophe or this false flag attack that I think they're planning that's going to involve likely New York and Washington, D.C. Joe's talking about like a tsunami hitting, you know, flooding New York City. Uh, I, I mean, maybe. I don't know. We've got, there's this interesting, uh, Kova went over, there's this chapel in New York that I want to make a video on. It's got these carvings that show the destruction of New York City by a big wave. And he went out and filmed some video of it because the ones online didn't really have a great angle. And I'm, I think I'm going to do a thread where I kind of um, like try and decode it as best I can to pick out what's in there and what it's suggesting. And one of the things that it suggests is in the one where the New York's being destroyed by the wave, that uh, the cathedral, it's got this little layer here. There's the New York City being destroyed by the wave and the Twin Towers coming down. Um, and this thing was started 1900, okay? And there's a little room there with a couple things and some guys kind of crouched over pushing wheelbarrows and stuff, meaning it's, uh, and underneath that is the cathedral carved on the column. And it's showing the cathedral will be under construction when the wave comes and crashes, you know, the buildings down in New York city. And of course the cathedral has never been finished. The Rockefeller money ran out or whatever it was. And they've got all of these limestone bits in the courtyard and no money to work on it. And the bell tower is not done. And some of the inside rock is exposed and not capped with limestone and looking all nice. So it's, it's very, very interesting. Gets into the whole antichrist beam being born and, and so forth. And it talks about a nuke attack on DC and the collapse of the stock market. There's all these different, it's six different columns and a bunch of other stuff there. Really, really fascinating to me. Uh, anyway, so I might do that at some point. I wasn't even planning to get off in that tangent, but uh, gas, I think we're, I think it's probably a good time to, like he's saying, fill up your, your stores because yeah, it could keep going down a little bit more, but it could also jump way up and we could be in the eight, $10 gas again. And that's the new normal because you know, look at what the feds doing. They're tightening interest rates into a recession <clears throat> because they have no choice. They have been fiscally irresponsible for far too long. They have created a huge mess. And if they don't fix that mess, inflation is going to, sweep them away and if they do the economy is going to collapse and they probably won't survive either but yeah they're going for the route of less pain for them not for you the hyperinflation would be like almost immediate okay there so i wanted to confirm this so i asked one of my other buddies to, to give a call and ask what's going on i said hey are you in training and he said yeah <laughs> i'm in training I'm in New York. He said, I'm only supposed to be here for two weeks, and now they're telling us that they don't know how long we're going to be here. And I asked him, I said, are you training at night with live ordinance? And there was about an hour pause before a message came back. And he said, how the bleep do you know that? And he doesn't know I'm talking to the other one. I guess the most creepy thing he was saying is that they're loading truck after truck with live ordinance under the complete cover of darkness. Um, and he, he told me that in his 15 years of service, he's never done any type of training like this. And they've never sent them to New York to do this. Usually when the, the Massachusetts National Guard does their training, they go down to the Bourne base, which is on the Cape where they go to uh, Fort Devens. Um, so they're over in New York doing this. Now, I don't know if you covered this, but the same week that they're there training, New York Television released a public service announcement. It was a video, and it freaked a bunch of people out to the point where the governor had to respond to it, telling people what to do in the event of a nuclear explosion. Um, so 
it just seems to me like uh, things things are really getting serious over here enough where people that are 15, 20 years in are freaked out by what's going on and calling their wives, telling them to go buy extra batteries, go get extra food, go fill up the gas cans for the generator, tell our friends to do this. We don't know what's going to happen, but I guess there's a lot of rumors going around. And when she asked, what are the rumors? How about get out of New York and Washington, D.C. if you can? Probably be a really good idea, folks. Rumors going around. He told her, I really can't say anything on the phone, and I shouldn't even have said this to you on the phone. But I just want people to know, if you have friends in the Guard or you're in the Guard, you should be paying attention to what you're doing for training because I'm pretty sure you're going to be doing this kind of stuff. And I, I, I hate to say it, but I really think something's going to happen in New York. And I would say not just New York, but probably D.C. at the same time that we'll see the White House destroyed and who knows what else. And it won't be the nuclear attack. It'll Maybe it's a nuclear bomb in the ocean that creates a tsunami, takes out New York, and they just somehow bomb or attack D.C. Who knows? And they could be just pre-positioning munitions out there to you know, make the explosions bigger. No telling. No telling what's going on. But... Um, you know, I also watched uh, Jay Snip and Woo Woo Dude and Penny on um, Beyond Mystics channel and their last kind of group live stream that they do. I love those. And they kind of see all this stuff starting to happen in the next month as well before, you know, this thing came out. So there's a lot of things kind of pointing towards uh, something big is coming down the pipe along these lines. Who knows? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Take it with a grain of salt. But at the same time, the economic troubles are very real. Uh, all of this stuff is very fragile with the economy and, and inflation where it's at. And, you know, like they came out. Let me see if I can find that. They came out and said, uh, like, oh, everything's grand with us. Mm, bear with me here. Crap. Yep, here it is. You know, the, <laughs> they they had Facebook, Instagram flagged as false for rejecting Biden's recession wordplay. Like you can't, you can't wrong think now on social media. If you go against the official narrative then they are going to deplatform you. And we just went through the guts of that behind the scenes with those FOIA emails showing what they're doing. Now the government is simply dictating to censorship policy to the social media censors. And they're giving, you know, free advertising back and forth and they're in bed with each other, folks. Don't forget Facebook funded all of those drop boxes in the key states, right? With multi-million dollar grants, donations, wink, wink. This whole thing is just crumbling. Uh, you know, who knows what would happen if Biden ends up succumbing to COVID. Very likely that could happen. I don't know, but prepare. Like, take this stuff seriously because it's very serious in my view. All right, one more thing I want to show you here, and then we'll get out of here. Um, this right here, very encouraging. He's got a guy, he's got ear protection on, he's got some kind of plastic-looking Barney rifle, and he just stuck a, a square box into the bottom of it. 
and it's got a trigger on it and it's got a front pump that he's holding like that. He's got, got a shoulder rest going into his shoulder. You know, most of it's black. The little magazine thing is blue. The front part is purple. And this is an 3D printed, all plastic gun with 3D printed ammunition. Now I'm added gunpowder, but I mean, you can even make that if you know what you're doing. And watch. He just shot into the ground. He pumps the front. And you hear this thing go, go click. That what that is, is an electric latch. So this is a completely 3D printed gun with 3D printed ammo that is electronic, has no registered parts, and costs about $100 to make. And he's shooting, looks like, I mean, it looks like the size of a shotgun. And I've seen where they 3D printed like almost uh, armor-piercing rounds from these. The state has lost control of gun manufacture. There's no, they can't put this genie back in the bottle. So... It's only a matter of time before these designs start getting better and better and better. And there's nothing in the world that these people can do about it. And that's what we have to drive towards is producing alternatives to these systems of control and dominance because these people are dying. Their system is failing. It's falling apart. It's not going to come and save us. They have abused their power to the point that they have mass murdered their people. They've engaged in genocide. They've pushed a Holocaust with these mandates. And now they think they can just keep on sailing off into the sunset. It ain't going to work out that way for them. No, sir. Sorry. All right, that's it. I'll give you all one real quick chance here if you want to jump in with questions or anything like that, if you're on spaces. So here, that's actually one of the questions. Official Truth is asking me, Sam, did they shut down your Twitter account again or yet? It's suspended for seven days, which I think is one of the last ones before they delete it. I'm kind of like, I've been posting on Gab, Getter, and True Social to the lifeboats on all three of those if you want to find me. Um I don't know if like at this point it's kind of why do I need to keep engaging with these douchebags that like <laughs> their systems dying. We'll, we'll see. I mean, after they delete this one soon for some bullshit because well, let's face it guys, I sent emails to Twitter <laughs> and CDC employees that weren't exactly very nice just like I did that 34 pages to the um, Federal Reserve Board and the uh, you know bunch of the alphabet agencies about their proposed $600 KYC AML change, and now all my KYC AML requests get somehow rejected. I mean, they wouldn't. They wouldn't target me, would they? No, no, they don't do that. They don't do that, Elon. They definitely don't. 
So uh, what's going on with that? It comes back <clears throat> in a couple days. I'll, I'll probably just rebroadcast this so anyone that wants to can see it. Um, last call on Twitter spaces. If you want to jump on, you're welcome to, but do it. Request the mic. Uh, some, some encouraging info. Catherine often fits as 72% of people are rejecting taking the shot or another shot as they should. Right. Like, and we don't need to just reject this. We need to advocate that it, it be stopped and halted immediately because this is threatening all of us. The longer COVID hangs around, the longer they keep injecting these people with more and more vaccine, more and more spike, the worse off they get, the longer they have COVID, the more variants they're in their breeding and the more danger all of us are in because we get exposed to it. Spike is spike. It's doing damage from the virus, from the vaccine, from the shedding and the vaccinated are two of the three. And so we have to stop this program and hope that there's enough of us left for uh, some kind of normalcy for our species. A lot of people are going to die and this system is going to collapse and crater. And if you don't take that seriously, you'll be probably one of the folks that doesn't make it as much as I hate to say that, but this is, this could get really, really ugly. And it's, it's about people who recognize that the old paradigm is gone and are willing to be flexible and adaptable and aware of the dangers that they're in, in the new paradigm, because it's going to be dangerous at times for a while. Right. And no telling. I mean, there's, we've got the dinosaurs thrashing around in the tar pit. We've got the normies waking up and, uh, a lot of them are pretty pissed off and they're going to be lashing out soon. Stay away from that. Don't get involved with it. Just sit back and kind of, <laughs> wow, holy shit. I can't believe this is happening. We're, we'll be doing some shows on it. Right. And it's already happening. Like I saw one, uh, I think I, I thought I had that clip somewhere, but I guess it didn't make it all the way with the other 50. Uh, but there was the, the U S figurehead that they, that the, federal government installed in Venezuela after they kicked Maduro out and he was in a restaurant and he was getting attacked and the people were yelling at him, screaming at him, throwing chairs at him and he had to get the hell out of there. So it's coming for these folks. It's starting to happen. It's going to get a lot worse and I would not want to be in the middle of that, especially with a bunch of aggressive vaccine injured people or people that have had their loved ones murdered by these psychopaths. They're going to do what they're going to do. So, all right, Kova, you can wrap us out here. What's up, my man? Peace, man. Can you hear me? Good morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Good morning, I guess. Hey, uh, two points. Uh, one, I'm glad you uh, was able to find the uh, the video helpful. When I actually took the, took the time to actually look at the cathedral, I was kind of surprised as to, as to how weird the uh, the carvings were on the actual church itself. I found it to be very strange. It's wild. Yeah, whole... I wanted to ask you about that because you went out there in person, and actually, I tell you what, I'm going to bring up that uh, video. Let me go into, I'm going to have to find the link because it's an unlisted video. I don't know if you want me to share it or not, but you went out there. Yeah, and, I mean, Dad, that's a, yeah, you can share a link. Yeah, I don't care about that. Go ahead. 
Okay, so here it is right here. This is what Kova's describing and what he's uh, talking about. <clears throat> You've got these statues with these figureheads on it, and there's different scenes in different sections. This is on the kind of far left side. The really interesting ones are a little further into the video, kind of. The middle, yeah. Yeah, in the middle section here. This one is a portal, a spiral. You know, we talked about that in Skinwalker. Yeah, they all, they all have like these spirals. They all have like these kind of spirals on all of them. Yeah. And, okay, that one, there you go. That one right there. Yep. And it's surrounded by, you know, there's people under here in the bottom and people look looking like they're going into it. And I think it's like a campfire above it or around it. You've got stacks of wood. Uh, there's... This one is supposedly, that's the Antichrist behind him. And at the base of this one is a baby giving birth. This one has all the world's religious symbols etched into those little balls, which is um, like a representation of that's a one world. It's a one world religion. Yeah, there's another one that I think is the Tree of Life or the Garden of Eden in here. Um You've got, yeah, just so much stuff that man struggling with, with like something there. I forget what that one was. Uh, and then there's, let me see if I can find, there's the DC one with what looks like these bombs. And let me make that full screen. So you can see there's the Capitol building right there. And then uh, these pointy things look like crayons at the top. And it looks like it's being destroyed. And then you've got... Uh, there's the four horsemen of the apocalypse and here's uh, the on the right there that's the Brooklyn Bridge being destroyed by this tidal wave and there's like so many different clues there's Wall Street being destroyed under the Brooklyn Bridge and you've got all these you know there's a guy getting a hand job from a, a prostitute it looks like right next to wall street <laughs> yeah, rather, about right. rather appropriate yeah there's the one of washington dc getting destroyed by the plague and by the tidal wave and you can see underneath it the guy with the wheelbarrow and so forth under the chapel meaning the chapel is still under construction which this thing was and did you go in the courtyard well okay so um i was going to ask so the courtyard, by the time I got there, it was closed. The courtyard is open Monday through Sunday, 9 to 5. Okay. I, I can send you a picture, but the courtyard has, like, the weirdest fucking sculpture I've ever seen. It's yeah. like this giant crab-looking thing uh-huh. with a human face on top of it. I, I'll send you a picture. I did take two couple pictures. I'll, I'll send you a picture. Yeah, you sent um, me a couple. I, I actually I wanted to see even more of it because it's got the sun on one side and the moon on the other. And I'm going to very carefully uh, go full screen there. And that's the one that you're talking about. And there's like a yeah, giraffe yeah, yeah, I see and you can see these little, yeah. And there's these like ropes that kind of go around the man. Like they're holding the man back with these anchors and it's a crab thing yeah. on the bottom. And there's a lion there next to the sun there's so much to this. I have no idea what it all means, but I don't know. Maybe the internet can figure it out. But yeah, that was, 
I, I want to see even more detail of this, but I, I know I don't want to ask you to go back or anything because there's plenty with the chapel door on the sides of the doors to decode in just those statues. But there's no, actually, I actually did plan on going back because I okay. did want to see that courtyard area. I found the statue to be very, um, I found everything that I saw because I've never actually been to that chapel. Uh huh. But I, I found everything there to be very, like, disturbing yeah to say the least because there's a lot of despair in the architecture there it's weird isn't it did it feel kind of creepy seeing all this stuff i mean it was weird seeing the whole tree of life thing because i know that symbol Uh uh-huh like seeing that there and then the the, um uh the antichrist looking thing with the little creature coming through the egg and and i'm looking at all when I'm like analyzing all of these things as I'm recording, I'm like, this is a church. <laughs> yeah. and, and, I, and I know the esoteric symbols when I'm looking at them, I'm like, this is a church. Yeah. And it was start. this construction was started 150 years ago, whatever it is, 100 plus years ago, 1900s, I think. So, like, like, like that one right there with the skulls. Uh-huh, like, and the bones. The with the bones and. And I just stood there for a minute, and like, what the fuck is this place? Yeah. It was so weird. Like, this is a church. Yeah. And then uh, eagles with wings and the person laying down there. What is that? This one has the forest theme to it. And there's just, yeah, there's so much here. What is it? What does it all mean? There's like... Like this one right here. I don't know what that one is with like the, the strands or whatever that was. Yeah, that's got a bird in it, like a, a egret or uh, I forget what type of bird it is. This one over here on the right, I don't know. It's got like heart shapes, which could be ears with a hand in the middle. And I'm trying to figure out what in the hell is that? Some of them have like characters kind of off to the side, close to the wall. Like there's the Statue of Liberty in the the uh, stock exchange one being destroyed back over here somewhere. I think it's in that one. But yeah, these are these were just so wild. doesn't pay enough because the money's inflating or is is dying as well i mean it's just this is going to happen across pretty much everything that's what people need to understand and prepare for 
is like big chunks of society aren't going to be there anymore. Things that you used to be able to go and do or get, you just won't be able to get them. And it's not going to be, you know, go to the store and pick it up. It's going to be what can you find and how can you make do with what we've got kind of a environment, I think, for a number of years until we can kind of get in there and restructure society to into a smaller footprint that works. Yeah. And, and, and the last thing on the monkeypox, uh, they've already, they've already, they've already stated that monkeypox is a health crisis emergency now in New York city. Mm-hmm. And which I think have, is so ha- tied in with vaccine injury that, that this whole thing's a giant cover up and the, the whole, anal and uh, vaginal lesions that women are seeing and all the increase in HIV and all the shedding that's going on with the vaccinated. I, it's just, I think it's a recipe for disaster. That's going to get a lot worse for a lot of people. Yeah. It's, um, I've never, I haven't met anyone with, with monkey box, but from, from all the images and, and, and what I've seen, like it's usually, you know, with the guys and they have it around their face and their lips. A lot of people have it around their mouth area. And um, I don't think there's any rumors of another lockdown. I'm not too sure if the city would stand for it at this point. Mm-hmm. If people would stand for another lockdown, just, I, I'm just not, I'm just not, I don't think the city would survive another lockdown to be, you know, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably the sentiment in a lot of places that people aren't just going to put up with it anymore. Um, And it's going to, I don't know how it's going to play out. Uh, And I think maybe like that's why, and that's part of why I played that clip, even though it's pretty speculative and all that of talking about the national guard placing uh, live ordinances, moving them around. You have, is it old? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I've seen that clip before. Okay, we that's got a good. New clip on older Damn it. Well, I, I don't know. I'll have to look into it and try and confirm it. That's why I said pretty speculative here. Um, but if something like that's happening, I, I think they're planning for something with New York or and or DC, and uh, that's going to be the I guess fear mechanism that they hope will put people back into submission. We're under attack by. China, by the terrorists, by the UFOs, by whatever. They're, they've they got to pull something big out here because them just telling us, well, we're going to need you all to lock down again. I don't think that's exactly going to work. So any final thoughts? Yeah, the, the PSA with the nu- with the nuclear warning, that, that kind of had a lot of people questioning what's going on because that's the first time I've ever seen a PSA on, on public TV for NYC, you know. Okay. Trying to inform people, trying to inform people of uh, a nuclear attack. Yeah, have you heard about that? I saw it. Yeah, I, and we talked about it a little bit earlier. Okay. It is. It's yeah, odd. yeah. So they had that, and they had that advertised across uh, across the city, and there, there's been they, they have to post us in certain bus stops. So I, I have no idea um, what's what's going on or what they're planning. There's a lot of different things going on at the same time. I just stay away. I just stay aware. Yeah, that's about all you can do. So, and have a plan for if things go wrong, what are you going to do? Where are you going to go? Kind of thing. And uh, it'll help you get through situations like that a little easier. Kova, thank you for calling in, bud. Uh, appreciate the video too. Absolutely. I I love this kind of 
uh, this kind of stuff. It's, it's fascinating to me and I'm, I'll probably end up doing a video on it or putting a thread together where people want to help me try and figure out some possible meanings as to what this is communicating. But this whole chapel thing here is just uh, really interesting to me and something I want to dig into more because I like prophecy and stuff like that. So there you go, folks. Um, God, we covered so much and it's a long show. Appreciate those of you that listened into it. Um, bunch of you stepped up to help out i don't even know if it's enough we'll look at it i've just ordered actually somebody gave me a amazon gift card last month that i just finally used and got like a power supply and more storage for the machine and cables i'm always breaking cables and everything else um so that was helpful and um i don't know i'd love to make this work i'm just kind of at the point where I haven't held through four years, almost five years of bullshit with XRP to cash out 10,000 at the end because I'm subsidizing the show. I'm just not going to do that. So that's where it is. Um, but I appreciate all of you that have helped out and donated to help, you know, make this possible. Can't do it without you guys. And that's it. I will uh, catch all next week. Good night, everybody. Time to wake the people up. I see a few waking up, but I don't see enough. If you want